C-W-F-S, yes, 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 Kevin is the best, Kevin is the best, T-W-F-S. C-W-F-S, yes, 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 Kevin is the best, Kevin is the best, T-W-F-S. C-W-F-S, yes, 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 Kevin is the best, Kevin is the best. Just blaze your reef, you know we do this shit five days a week We got hard guy, ground guy, he's the chief We always start on time, can't break the straight Best talkers alive, kings of audio We got Lee, JT, and Ricardio I got flows on flows and they awfully cold And all damn night is how long the party goes Great hand being no old school snapback Good shit, yeah, got a full blast that Yo, what up, Tash, I'm a super chat that Slow, you better throw your hands up for the fucking show. Became a household name six months ago. You're the host, so dope you couldn't touch the flow. My bros call Los Benny Griffin Hunt, you know. We've been kicking competitions, send them up the road. You talking money, and if the well, I got a bunch to throw. Wow. See, Yes, 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 Kevin is the best. Kevin is the best, motherfucking best. TWFS, yes, 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 Kevin is the best. Kevin is the best. TWFS, yes, 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 Kevin is the best. Kevin is the best. TWFS. He's actually here, in a post Felidi's world. Ryan Van Fleet, what's it like without Fleeties every Tuesday and Thursday? This new life must be terrible. Did Impact block you again? Is the world flashing out at you? Because Nathan's been messaging me, and he's not happy that you're gone. I made it very clear how angry I was that you were leaving us. Do you regret it already? Even Trovo was hitting me up, letting me know, like, hey, what you're doing is not okay. You need to come back and we'll give you a hundred gems as soon as you stream. And it even had a, it had a, a, a caveat. It said at least one hour. Vleeties, why'd you sell your studio? I know you stopped doing Vleeties Tuesday and Thursday, but now like the closet is gone. I do like this boom box in the corner, but did you have to sell your all your mics and stuff and mixer to get this big subwoofer looking thing? That's what it was. It was I signed a new contract. They took all my old shit. And obviously, as we constantly say, I'm on some list somewhere. They're coming for me, Kevin, so I don't think you're secure either. You might go from the most popular wrestling host in the world to the least popular in literally a week. You sound like shit. You quit your show. We hate you. But guess what? We hate WWE, ladies, because they released Braun Strowman. I woke up. And this happened in my sleep. I gotta, God, I hate waking up to such surprising news, Bleedies. I guess it's better than that time I woke up to Elliot Page's tits trending <laughs> on my daughter's favorite website, Twitter. So wherever she is, at least that was our moment. Like sometimes I used to dream of looking at the same moon as my daughter. Now I hope we're looking at the same Elliot Page tits. It's a bonding moment. Sonic Gino just sent $15. Gino, I don't know why we're not hearing sounds. We will fix this. It's because what Quiggly did two days ago. We're going to need you tonight, Quiggly. There was no dynamite to run down again. They retired like bleedies. 
What are you and Tony Khan going off to an island, Vladis? Me and Tony Khan are actually working with Nick Khan, and that's why we're releasing every wrestler that exists. Like, no more wrestlers are allowed to work at the New York company. And for some reason, everybody is now a free agent. There's been enough releases, Kevin, that you and I can sign them all up and start our own company. This There's 20-some-odd guys. This is more shocking than Big Cass losing Braun Strowman. But it shouldn't be. Like, I thought he was unreleasable. But when we saw Dabakato come in, what did I say the first time he was in the ring with Braun? Braun's gone. We have a real monster now, a real beast. Now he's a commander of ladies on Friday. But still, we couldn't have Braun on Monday. When we have a real monster on our roster. I was also reading it's because his million dollar a year contract. He re-signed in 2019. Also, Bleedies, you know we're selling the company. We being the McMahon family, of course. CM Punk tweeted a GIF. That means WWE selling. He tweeted a GIF from Ghostbusters. A scene in like Wall Street or something. Apparently the Ghostbusters went to go take care of Slimer at Wall Street. And they saw these people holding up tickets. Uh, let me bring up the tweet. It's confusing. Also, a former WWE writer tweeted that they're selling, or he, he suspects they are. Ladies, are we going to lose the McMahons? Are we going to watch it without the McMahons? I know there's a large segment of, of Smarks that want Vince to die. But if we lose Vince, I don't know if this product's worth watching anymore. Well, we hear Nick Khan, and maybe it is going to be Nick Khan and Tony Khan running the two wrestling companies. But that is what... That's, a, that's one of the things I thought when Braun got released. I was like, he must have some insane contract. And, yeah, when I saw that it was a million per, sure, that's kind of one of the guys you look at. Like, the fans really turned on Braun when he won that Universal Championship. Even I was like, oh, okay, the moment had passed already. We wanted Braun to win that belt in 2017. Here we were in 2020, and just like, all right, well, go fight in a swamp, would you? It wasn't a good time for Braun. And maybe this is true. Maybe they are getting ready. Like, let's trim every single, you know, let, let's get rid of all the talent. And that way we can just say, here's our wrestling company. This is what's for sale. You should buy it. His contract was not ironclad, Bleedies, and I thought it was. I mean, when we saw Braun facing the likes of Tyson Fury, and he beat my Goldberg at my WrestleMania, that WrestleMania without people, I mean, it just seemed like we were stuck with him. Coming fresh off Shane McMahon, throwing Shane off that cage. That was his final moment. But what about this, Fleeties? Apparently, Zelina Vegas at the Performance Center, because she's going for a big comeback. They're going to teach her how to do it this time. Then let her go, come back. So is Braun just going to be at the Performance Center next September? Is everything okay? This could be one of those, hey, we just need to restructure your deal. You're making too much money. But if you're Braun Strowman, don't you feel like you earned that million? And... Where else is he going to go? Because he is such the, the prototypical WWE guy. Or are we really going to try and put him... Is he going to go to AEW? I mean, there's there's fans who are already convinced he's going to be all elite. Uh, for me, he seems like he's all impact, baby. Well, Vlita, it's interesting to hear you say that because, again, sports keyed is all over this. And a former superstar tweeted... I didn't click on this one, so it was probably just, you know, Peyton Royce. But somebody tweeted that Braun Strowman is a must-sign for AEW. What the hell, is he? I mean, we already have Mark Henry. We got him on commentary and fighting. Braun can't do commentary. I don't, is Braun going to make the show better? Is that the character we want? I mean, it's not up to us to... to or, I mean, I guess it is up to us to watch or not. But it's up to Tony Khan to spend his dad's money. By the way, why did he have a fucking stand-up of his dad in that building at that stadium stampede. I just clicked today. I was like, why was that even there? Remember when Shad Khan fought 
MJF during that match, but he was a cardboard version. All right, so Vleeties, are the what would you think of him on AEW? Who do you want to see him squash? Johnny Hungy. I don't see that. That's the thing. There's so many guys in AEW, and we I constantly say that AEW is the most crowded wrestling roster, and WWE is letting all these guys go. So everybody just goes, "Hey, go to AEW. That's the other company." And pretty soon they are going to have to do Rampage is going to be two hours, Dynamite's going to be three hours, and we're just going to be living <laughs> in a world of WCW. We're going to have another. We're going to have a fourth hour for AEW. They borrowed the third hour. We need a fourth hour on Monday night. Isn't it great how their shows are post up in a B2? We have third hour after SmackDown. Their fourth hour is going to come after Raw. Thanks for catching up, Tony Khan. Don't forget, Bleedies, he said it. Tony Khan's words. We're working on third hour, not a third hour, not the third hour. It ends up being Friday after SmackDown, after I gave him a six-year demo tape to show him it was possible. Bleedies, we also lost Aleister Black, the cult leader. Did you know that's what he was? He was on Twitch today, Bleedies, and I do have it up. I was enjoying myself some Aleister Black. I paused it right when we were about to start. Uh, first of all, what do you think of a wrestler going on Twitch right after he gets released? Is he hurting his value? I think Aleister Black understands that as soon as he was done with WWE, he needs to burn that bridge because that bridge doesn't matter to him. There's nothing about Aleister Black that was successful on the main roster in WWE, so it doesn't make me think... Like when you think of like a Miro or someone else who, or Dean Ambrose, even though he buried the company on TIJ, these guys can still come back and have WWE careers. Aleister Black doesn't have a WWE career. I'm excited that he's gone. It just seems so strange that it was, okay, he survived the round of cuts. He's going to be safe. We're filming vignettes. We have the guy from Harry Potter doing the design. And suddenly, nope, he's gone. Get rid of him. No more Aleister Black. I just watched SmackDown. I guess Big E wasn't there. So I guess there's no need to continue that Alistair Black storyline. Well, my point of hurting your value isn't with WWE. I'm not thinking he's going to call him tomorrow and be like, did you change your mind? Did Paul Heyman convince you yet? Because apparently Paul Heyman was uh, fighting for him. Or Paul Heyman seems like the type of guy that'll make all the wrestlers think he's fighting for them. And then when the door closes, you don't know who he's fighting for. But Alistair Black believes him. And he believes that Heyman was fighting for him. But when I talk about going on Twitch right after getting released... I mean, that's kind of a hot thing. You know, you can get a big boost in views. Go on Cole Cabana's Twitch instead. Do a CM Punk. <laughs> but, I mean, you're, you're going to... It's like an, an interrogation, Bleedies. If you get brought to the interrogation room, make fun of the cop, maybe, or just stay quiet. Anything you can't say can and will be used against you. And as a hot commodity like Aleister Black, fresh released, do we want to waste it? I guess it was his girlfriend's Twitch, so it's not wasting it at all. She's going to get some sub revenue. He got a $25... So, uh, donation. You, I want to rewind to when he got it. He was so excited. He wouldn't stop saying damn about it. Damn. Damn. <laughs> $25. That's guaranteed money? Or is it, do I have to work? He doesn't know if it's like a WWE contract donation. Is that guaranteed? Damn. I, won't, I can go to AEW still. I can still keep streaming after that $25. I don't have to stop. So, but yeah, the point is he could look like a fucking retard. Look at him. Is this Aleister Black? Do you want to remember Aleister Black? as that creepy character with the produced shadow behind him and the amazing tales of the Dark Father character developing. Or do you want to remember him with this shit background and this stupid chat next to him? Who the fuck are these? Get tan, you fucking idiot. Like, mind you, it was a character. There's like, one of the funnest thing in the world is that there is generally a group of people that are convinced that I'm part of the Illuminati and that I like, sacrifice uh, I kids and stuff like that. Before I listen to more of this with you, I get, what I'm also touching on is like, why didn't he do what EC3 did? I don't like EC3, but he did it right. He didn't go on his gaming channel 
and start just talking <laughs> about what happened. He's controlling the na- narrative. He's freeing the narrative, whatever the fuck he's doing. He's got Gino jerking off to him is what he's doing. Al- Alistair Black, I don't even think Gino knew this happened. And it'll be the last thing you knew we happened. Like, now what happened? What, are we going to keep looking for the answers now? No, we have them. This idiot was just talking. It's not that exciting. I, he's, uh, get rid of your twitches, whether you're a wrestler or not, WWE or not. Every wrestler, get rid of their Twitch, please. Because this is not what we're cheering for. This is not going to make me make a sign. And I don't really care. And I agree. It is kind of silly to go on your video game platform afterwards. Or at least even your, your wife's. That, even that's more odd. So, yeah, maybe get... <laughs> do EC, Even Dean Ambrose did it great. You know, hey, I can finally post that I'm released. Here's a video of me with barbed wire. Here's the new chapter. So, yeah, when we're waiting Sell for... Sell tickets. The next cha- Give us a date. Let us all get together. He says on a tweet, guys, I'm not even angry. Come hang out with me. Oh, wow, you're a performer. What an independent contractor. These wrestlers suck. Throw your Nintendo 64 away. Stop with this shit. Also, I'm angry, Validius, because I had to hear him call himself. He said one of, but I know what he thinks. He's called himself the most influential striker of the last five years. Is that why you got released? (laughs) Really? Are you also an essential character like EC3? Is that why you guys keep getting released? The most influential striker got released, Fleeties. An essential character got released. Maybe they're all just full of themselves. They aren't that great. Maybe, Fleeties, maybe kick pads aren't new. And maybe we've been doing kicks and wrestling for too long already. Well, and with the influential striker, I mean, we, we watch New Japan. We all know what strong style is now. So it is kind of fun to kind of think of yourself as, no, it's me. It's not any of the other wrestling that's ever existed. I'm the one who does kicks. You see me do kicks. I have pads. So I, I didn't watch a ton of By the Tommy way, just to cut you off, that's what made Booker cool. Like, that's been going on since the 90s. Like, <laughs> Booker had the coolest kicks. And then CM Punk, you found out little fat, out-of-shape guys that don't even do uppers. He's not even on a pro, He's not even on a pre-workout when he's out there. He's completely clean. If I just throw kicks, they almost sound real because I have to kick hard. And they have to make a noise. Like, kicks became the thing in mid-2000s. And they were always a thing before that. It, RVD's kicks always stood out. That's 90s again. So, Bleedies, this new offense of, like, striking is an emphasis. It isn't new. I'm sick of being told this fucking business is revolutionized every 10 months. It isn't. It's the same shit I've been watching my whole life, and it ain't better, and it ain't growing. It's going backwards. I'm being told the society changed, so wrestling had to dumb itself down from the Attitude Era. We never changed. The show got shittier, not better. It ain't evolving. It's devolving. No, I agree. And, And like we say... Five, five years from now, we're going to love this shit. And it, it always has that effect. But we constantly talk about how this person is revolutionizing this or, hey, we're changing the tag team scene forever, baby. And then we look at FTR and AEW. They're just doing the same thing every other tag team does anyway. So we really are in a weird era where for him to go on Twitch immediately after being released and then to kind of talk himself up, you, you're right. What we should have done is don't say anything continue to be in a dark room, yes. continue to be creepy, and then show up on Dynamite and yes. do, uh, kick somebody else on the head. Yes, this like, is the, I'm sorry to yell at you, but I'm not yelling at you, but this is a guy we know is going to get a fucking job. He's yeah. going to fucking talk again. Keep your fucking mouth shut. <laughs> I don't care anymore. I'm so mad that I don't care anymore. And listen to this fuck face. That is absolutely by far my favorite thing, or one of, the, one of my favorite things, because it makes no sense. You know what I mean? Like, like I remember that. I think that... Um... Real quick, what he's talking about here is that people online, he's claiming, this is bull... Do these people live in India? Do they read the Hindustan Times? 
This guy thinks people think he's in a, a cult. They think he's really a, uh, an Illuminati member is what he said. It's exact words, Illuminati worshiper or a cult guy or a devil guy. Or a... No one thinks this. It's fake. <laughs> well, is he talking about like my daughter again? My daughter thinks Elliot Page is a boy, too. She doesn't know. It's all kayfabe to these kids. Don't th when kids believe kayfabe, that's kids being kids. No adults really believe your tattoos. All right, here we go. There was this, um, God, what's it called? Um, there a was dick this, in your this, mouth? this conspiracy group with a lot of subscribers that did what this video called? on me. It's like, a oh, my duh. God, look, he's Some wearing all the symbols. Blah, 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 blah. Mouth. And my thing is, like, for, like, the past... Ick, two icky, decades i focused icky. on conspiracies like i know how conspiracies work and that's how i got like a, an entire yeah, yeah conspiracies you mean the news everything that i was told was a conspiracy is fucking real from wuhan to everything before it now we just wait for what who, who is what's his name jeff bezos to confirm it fuck him i canceled amazon prime these conspiracies i just feel like he's condescending me now but ladies i this is why i can't be friends with anyone I always feel like I'm being condescended to. This is like an argument I'd have with anyone right now. Alistair Black's the lucky one. Well, and we found out today the Fauci emails. So this was a big day for me. My phone's going off about Fauci email leaks, Braun Strowman leaks. All this stuff is going on. It's insane. And here we are having Tommy N go on there and tell me it's all nonsense. Tommy You're N. the man, Tommy. It's your fault. Ladies, give me the rundown on the Fauci emails. What did he say? <laughs> did he confirm about all that stuff I said about Jamestown? There's plenty of emails him talking about how the this disease can easily go through any mask. So these masks are really ineffective. There's emails of him saying, "Oh, if you're asymptomatic, you don't spread the virus, so there's no need for you to wear a mask." Or there's you you're not you're not going to spread the disease as someone with symptoms. I'm the best in the world right now. How cute is it that people were really fighting with us over it? I never wore a mask once in my life. I bought a feed mask as a meme. I hang it on the doorknob when I'm. I fucking. would like the kids' meal with chicken fingers and a small coffee. It's all fake, people. You, they want to be controlled. These people. I'm sorry. I, uh, this is going into Alistair Black's speech now. That's why he made the character. But also, uh, people who <laughs> maybe I believe him. If people believe Fauci after his big first pitch he threw, then uh, yeah, they're gonna believe. This fuckface, too, for these in the Illuminati. Fauci's in the Illuminati. The guy is a baseball card, and he's in the cabinet. Stop thinking he's a scientist. I trust Bill Nye before Dr. Fauci, and I hate Bill Nye. A group of people to think that what I did was, like, like authentic, which I think is great. You know, I think that's amazing that I got people to generally believe that Say there names. was this, like... Say names. You know, this, like, authentic Who Illuminati believed this? Who believed satanic this? worship. And Gino? by the way, the Illuminati is... Gino, did you Gino? email him? Did you email this guy saying, I can't believe the Illuminati's on Raw? Satanic are two different things. Satanic is not devil worship. It's Luciferian. But, you know, you can't tell these people anything. But it got to the I point... I wish you'd shut up. You just said it in so many words. Point ...where they thought that, like, you know, I have wind spirals on my arm, right? All right, this, this is... is uh, this is... This is important. This is the most important thing... We're going to watch in June 2021. Felides, there are pedophiles in wrestling. We already know about Velveteen Dream. What about Batista? What about Booker T? What about Edge? I know, it's hard to say the people with grit. I'm just saying they all have this tattoo, the same tattoo. And I didn't know what it meant. Batista got on his belly button. That's why I noticed it. Belly button tattoos catch my eye. And then I saw it on Edge's pants. And then I saw it on Edge's arm. And then I got, see it on Booker T's arm when I'm watching Biography. And now it's on this guy's arm. Well, it's not the same one, but it's swirling like the, the sun. The, you know, the sun with the that's swirling. 
Listen to what this guy explains about swirling tattoos and how his isn't related to the one in the secret society of the underbelly of professional wrestling. Devil worship, it's Luciferian, but you know, you can't tell these people anything. But it got to the point where they thought that like, you know, I have wind spirals on my arm, right? This is, uh, this is Barong, he's a wind god, he's an energy god, so he's like, there's wind coming out of his mouth. Yeah. So people thought that this thing- No shit, idiot. Tell us something we don't know. Because there's this, some weird, nutty conspiracy group out there that says that spiral tattoos is, is a way for people to, uh, um, like, like find other like, like, like child molesters and stuff. Okay, like maybe you should have waited till you were on AEW to out the entire industry. Bleedies, it's only been a month I've been asking about the tattoo. This idiot gets released and explains what it meant. Spiral tattoos, how pedos find each other. Whether you're Booker in jail, or you're who's the other guy, Edge. What the fuck? Take his kids. What the fuck is this, Bleedies? I'm not. Well, and, and the, the, the more I hear him talk on this Twitch, it's like, oh, shit. Now I don't even care. I don't want to see him go to AEW. He'd do great in MLW at this rate. The, the more he talks, the more he's burying himself. Because it is almost, there's something mysterious about Aleister Black. There always has been, and that's why we like him. So to have this regular guy that you run into at Starbucks on this Twitch channel telling me, yeah, yeah, I got spirals on my arms, bro. I had to sit for two hours. I ain't a pedo, dude. I ain't a pedal, bro. That's other people with spirals, bro. Yeah, like, you don't understand. Like, my spirals, it's borrowed, all right? I love this guy. Yeah, he, I, I just, he's burying himself to me. I, this isn't what I want to hear. You're a pro wrestler. If you have a spiral tattoo, you're a pedo. If you're a wrestler, you're a pedo. Like, we already knew that. Now anything <laughs> else is supplemental evidence. I love criminal psychology. I've been watching interrogations all day, <laughs> all night, all day for days. It's disgusting. I'm playing Warhammer Age of Sigmar Stormground and watching a lying head of police get interrogated by another de uh, department's detective. And even the police can't get through these interrogations. Just start swearing at them. I'm going to show you the legend of Jeff Bleedies. Well, <laughs> I need to know who this Jeff is. I was watching a little court cam today a show that I had never heard of that I didn't know existed. They have a live camera in all courtrooms, or at least some of these. And you see, there was this big black dude who ran up and just punched the the uh, the prosecuting attorney. A big, you know, she's just a lady. She's mid sentence, and this guy just comes through and hits like a a Kamaru Usman the Masvidal punch <laughs> and just lifted her off her feet. It was insane. Let's hear this before I introduce you to the legend, Jeff. People, anything, but it got to the point where they thought that, like, you know, I have wind spirals on my arm, right? This is uh, this is Barong. He's a wind god. He's an energy god. So he's like, there's wind coming out of his mouth. So people thought that this thing, because there's this, some weird nutty conspiracy group out there that All says right, that say spiral tattoos is, is a way for people to, uh, um like like find other like 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 child molesters and stuff ah. like that so I'm like oh you know it's right there because oh let's check velveteen dreams stamp spot let's see what he's got it's spiraling he's got a breeze hitting his back lower back here on his spiral wind barore tattoo i have weird <laughs> ladies call me traditional i have a kanye west tattoo doesn't spiral at all no there's not a spiral to be had and here's jeff he has no tattoos Am I under arrest? For now. 
I'm under arrest. Yeah, I'll, I'll explain everything. But before I talk, before I explain myself to you, before we talk to each other, why is he a nurse scrub? Okay? What am I under arrest for? Well, like I said, I need to read your rights first. Obviously, the Fuck charge is robbery. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll explain everything. I'm under arrest for robbery. You are, but let me read your rights real quick, okay? You I'll are. I'll explain it all to you. Is that okay? Mm. Let me do that real fast. Mm. All right, Jeff. Don't worry, they fast forward. Can you read with me? Just reading your head, okay? This channel's the best. They always have to show when they say they're going to read the rights. But if he ever does, they just fast forward that part. Like, it speeds up. Now, I don't think this part's going to speed up because Jeff ain't going to acknowledge this shit. Jeff, don't give a fuck. That's, you're going to tell me my rights? Fuck yourself. Ask you questions. You must understand that, what your rights are. You have the right to remain silent. Anything you say can will be used against you in the court of law. Does that make sense? You've probably heard these before, haven't you? <laughs> This is what you got to do. He just sits there. Do you understand your rights? Do <laughs> you understand your rights, Jeff? Do I have rights to shoes right now? Yes or no? Fuck. Do you understand? Do you understand what I read it you? It just fast forwarded. <laughs> do you comprehend what I read you? <laughs> yeah. Sit back, idiot. See, that's the thing. I know body language now. When that detective sat back, he was defeated. I can't wait to make that happen one day. You want to see somebody who's leaning forward all in, here's all of my energy, and then you get him with that sit back, and then it's like, all right, I guess I'm defeated. This is the posture of a man who no longer gives a fuck. It's all a game anyway, a game of mental exhaustion. They pretend to be your friend to build rapport. They build pressure, and they'll pull it back, and they'll bring it back. They'll pull it back. And they're trying to keep your mind racing so you can't think, so you can't make up anything. So you just don't block them out. They don't exist. And if you bring up the lawyer, it ends anyway. <laughs> They just go, all right, we give up. We can't talk to you. It's a lawyer. There is a process within the process where if you, like this guy clearly sitting there with his socks, I mean, or with with his sockless feet, he seems to be in a position of power, even without his socks, shoes, a decent shirt. Why is he wearing scrubs? Do they explain that in part two? Because he's going to kill himself. That's the new anti-suicide outfit. Antonio Brown had to wear it. All right, here we go. I'm just here to talk to you and figure out what happened and move you on out of here at least some of them. Do you understand the rights I read to you? If you got something that says you didn't do this robbery, this is your chance to talk to us. I don't believe him. See, and that's the best part, too. This guy, I don't even have to tell this guy anything. Jeff knows. Jeff tells them, you're trying to build a case. You're not looking to solve a robbery or help me get myself off or tell my side. You're trying to get this case done. And I wouldn't still be sitting here if the case was done, would I? Okay, good cop. Uh, no, you Wait, sound the prick. You look like the prick. <laughs> this is Jeff. Jeff is a heroin addict and has been for the last 14 years. He is six foot five, weighs 153 pounds, and has now oh. found himself in the unfortunate circumstance of being charged with armed robbery. This is in the state of Georgia, so if found guilty, they will render him the minimum term of 10 years without parole, up to the maximum term of life in prison. Jeff has been through the system multiple times over, and he will- That's what they want, bleedies. It's like the hospital system. Once they get your records, they get your- they're, they're getting that next appointment before you go. You're coming back. We're gonna find you. And I never went back to that doctor. And this is such a great point where they are trying to build this case, and- Maybe being a 6'5", 155-pound heroin addict, this guy understands the system where 
Yeah, he knows they don't have shit. So the more you sit there and talk, that's the more information that they use on you. For anyone who's watched any court shows, I mean, the prosecution needs to have that story and build that case. And if you don't give them anything, you know, if you're not driving down the freeway in a Bronco making yourself look guilty as shit, <laughs> it would have had nothing on them. Ladies, that's all I watch now is court shows. And all I play is turn-based strategy games at the same time. I'm either autistic or a murderer. Know that if indeed found guilty, his sentence will be considerably longer than the minimum 10 years due to his previous convictions. Doo doo. Jeff, do you understand your rights? Yes or no? I'm, I'm not asking if you want to talk to me at this point. I just wanted to know, do you understand what I read to you. No, you need That's my see, under arrest. Yes, you You that. need that answer, cop, and I ain't giving it to you. You need me to acknowledge that. I love it. Yes. Get me back to the cell. I don't talk to you, motherfuckers. Okay. Two and a half hours go? later. Yeah. He's still sitting there. That's part of the mental exhaustion, exhaustion bleedies. They let you sit there for hours. They ain't busy. They're looking at you. You go, Mill. Pop it open or you need me to. And they give you a Coke like it's a Jeff has become dick. somewhat of a cult figure in the domain of interrogation footage. His recognition seems to have grown through his own popularity, as opposed to the notoriety of his crimes, like most others. <laughs> Conveying the exact reasoning behind this can be tricky, as the interest in this character Wait will no it. doubt vary by the individual. Wait for Yet it. we found the most collective reason can be explained through a single pop culture reference. The anti-hero. While the concept is timeless, the actual term was created through the realm of modern cinema. There's a diverse number of characters passing through the decades that fit the criteria. Yet perhaps the most textbook example could be the protagonist from the 2003 feature, Bad Santa. Vladies, that's my date movie! I watched that in Australia, I watched that here in Vegas. Some girls like to watch Sandlot on a first date, and I'll sit through that. But by date two, we better have seen Bad Santa. That is one of your movies. I've heard you talk about it. I've heard clip, clips of it on Jim and Them. I've seen it several times. It really is, like, when I think of a Kevin Scampoli movie, that's one of the first ones that come to mind. It's so funny. I love what he's mean. All right, Bleedies, so that's the anti-hero. You already knew one, though. Middle-aged man. That's me, Bleedies. I'm almost a middle-aged anti-hero now. And simply known as Willie. This is a character that lies, cheats, steals, swears at children, drinks an inconceivable amount of alcohol, and is generally extremely unpleasant to every single person he comes across. Look who's here, Jimmy. It's Santa. <laughs> Fucking great. Let's tell what you want for Christmas. I'm on my fucking lunch break, okay? I don't think Jessica ever saw me laugh as hard as that moment in this movie. And I've seen the movie many times. I knew it was coming. I'm watching her waiting for him to say it. I'm holding laughter looking at the movie looking at her. He's about to yell at a kid. On paper, this is an extremely unlikable individual. Yet for some reason, we root for him while following his story. Anti-heroes are flawed, as are we. Their moral well, complexity not. mirrors our own. And just like us, they are learning- Ladies, I'm not flawed. I guess I'm more of an anti-Christ. <laughs> you know what? You are the anti-Christ of professional wrestling podcasting. I think you've been trying to start that since 10-10-10. As soon as I pick up Jeff's heroin addict, I'll have a flaw. But until then, I just take medicine. I vape. ...and growing as they move along the path of life. Their mistakes make us think of our mistakes. And perhaps the reason we root for their redemption is the reflection of ourselves rooting... Ladies, how come Cody won't root for my redemption? <laughs> well, Cody, he lives in this world that isn't connected to the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, you. He's in his own little <laughs> planet over there where he comes out like Mr. America, 
like it's Rocky Four, and he gets to defeat the evil four and heal, okay? Cody Rhodes is on another planet. I'm skipping a couple. We already know what an anti-hero is, so we'll skip forward. Resonate with a viewer. They resemble ourselves and remind us not only of the ambiguous morality of existence, but I love this guy's voice. That's just a narrator, though. I think he's on Fiverr. We could get him to do TWFS. I'll write the script for next Wednesday and you can talk to him instead, please. Understand the feeling of sadness. While we may not be able to put ourselves directly in the shoes of an addict, we can somewhat relate to the adversity that comes with it, not to mention the incredible magnitude of the situation he is going through in this video. How he responds to this very moment is quite literally the precursor to his- Ladies, since I started watching these, I know when everyone's lying now. I was watching Bam Margera shit thinking, what a liar. <laughs> this guy called Jeff Tremaine and said he went to the store to get a phone charger. And he went in and he went to get the phone charger. He looked outside. The car was gone. Someone drove it into a house. Then the Target employee gave his phone to another customer because he left it somewhere. <laughs> it's like the most ridiculous story. No one would ever believe it. It's like, why would I, 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 I want to think I'm not capable of coming up with such an unbelievable story. But maybe in my life, I've been in a, backed into a position in my teens where I had to come up with why my car got driven into a wall. Like, ladies, have you ever been in a run-on lie that's obviously a lie? I think when everyone's trying to get away with smoking marijuana, you constantly are making something up to get just to get out of the scenario. I think Wait, ladies, marijuana is legal. He's not trying to get out of weed. Who are we talking about here? <laughs> well, it wasn't legal in 2009. So, you know, I'm coming home from school oh. or, or 2008 rather. I'm coming home from school and my eyes are beat red and you got to explain like, oh my gosh, my allergies are going nuts. Yeah, I guess I might be really allergic to some of the pollen. And then you're kind of trying to name flowers yeah. and shit. There was a lot of hibiscus. Oh, my gosh, my eyes. <laughs> you nailed it. There's always all these little details that go on. I went off in the woods to take a piss, and there was just this weird rock. It was like an igneous. I didn't think those were in this part of the forest. And then there was this homeless bump camp over there where someone got shot and killed. But I was over here pissing by this weird rock. I had bullets in my pocket, but my friend had the gun. It's his bullets. Like, <laughs> I was watching the weirdest shit. And, I, and all humans are like this. This idea that we're some, like, we're all individuals. Like, that was drilled into my head in preschool, and I believed it till I found this YouTube channel. Tire future. He is at a crossroad moment in life, where on one side is the right. have to be judged. All right, let's get back to Jeff now. All right, here we go. Can you get me methadone or what? That's where we're at now. I don't have any. Do you have medication for it, or, I mean, a prescription for it? Or? Yeah. What do you need methadone for? I'm a fucking junkie, and you guys, I can't get no methadone. I'm going to go through withdrawal here in a minute. Biscuits. Where do you usually get your methadone from? I don't get it. I get heroin. How long you been using heroin? This guy just opened a can with his teeth. Jesus. Long time. You know, party, trip in, party trick in the interrogation room. Sometimes the manner in which words are spoken. Ladies, he gets much ruder, but I've, I didn't have this planned, obviously. We went in on this off the, off the top of our head. There was no dynamite to run down. So we went down Jeff's story briefly. I taught you about anti-heroes tonight, ladies. You know, I like to bring lectures every time I have a conversation or discussion or program. And sometimes I'll let other people give a lecture like that man's voice. Well, and it, I would, this is a perfect example, though. The way that Jeff is handling... His time in, uh, you know, during this interrogation is how Tommy End or Aleister Black should have handled his release, where it's like, say as little as possible, keep the mystery going, don't give us too much, 
Because now we have too much. Now we have a Twitch stream that you're watching, that other people have watched, and I suddenly don't care about, you know, my father was mean. You know, I don't care about that anymore. Because now it just seems like, yeah, I got swirl tattoos. Uh, yeah, I can't wait to show up on Dynamite. We could have got the real version of Alistair Black's character he wanted, the creepier version. He kept, he kept talking about how he's watered down and it's less dark. Well, on Twitch, talking like that, that's as watered down as less dark as that character can get. So you could have at least had an extension of your own idea in your next job. Now you're just some asshole who somehow is with Zelina Vega. Zelina, I thought she was with Sheamus. I saw them work out, and the chemistry was undeniable. Ladies, we didn't just lose the great Aleister Black and Braun Strowman's. We also lost Buddy Murphy. And Brian Cage on Twitter challenged Aleister Black and Buddy Murphy to matches in AEW. Or where else does he wrestle? There's a bunch of places now. Impact. So, Vleeties, who beats Buddy Murphy first, Brian Cage or Tessa? And what do you think of Buddy Murphy being released? That one is so confusing to me. However, he hasn't been on TV in weeks, months. Ever since Aaliyah Mysterio decided that wrestling wasn't for her, Buddy had nothing to do, which I think was odd. Because when he was with 205, I watched 205 Live. Why don't I just put him back there? It must be when these guys, it's like baseball. They start out in single A and they're making $15,000 a year. And then by the time they're with the majors and they're making, hundred, you know, in wrestling's case, $800,000. And they're like, look, Buddy Murphy's a cruiserweight. We don't have anything for him. Release him. Because I would love to see him on main event fighting Mustafa Ali. I would like to see him on 205 Live fighting Jake Atlas. There's other places for him to go, but he must just be making too much money. Ladies, what's going on with Botrix? I, I unmuted what I mute up. Oh, I still hear stuff. Did I, the cash bank, another cash bank came in. It must have just made that noise. All right, we hear sounds. I thought cash banks made more stuff happen. Like lights going on, Bleedies. Quiggly Johnston sent a cash bang. Nathan Weller sent a cash bang. Are we blinded by lights yet? And Bleedies, we have flex spells. Crisscross 202 cast a flex spell. On a day without dynamite, Bleedies, did you miss Darby this week? Eyes mesmerized the by fuck? the light from the moon. If you don't move too fast, Gino. he'll be seeing you soon. Shadows from a past life fill up the room. I think he's gonna burn it down. Is he gonna die too? Scampoli will bring the thunder. He came back from the land down under. Cole's name's Ryan Bendy. Large soul of them get born. Oh, fucking show it for pussies. Just us, real men. The fireflies emit red light in the room. Shadows of a past life start to show through. Eyes mesmerized by the blood in the moon. We are wearing the mask of the life that we choose. That's why we like to go to places we know. Cause we've already been there, yeah, we've already been there. That's why we like to burn all the bridges, you know. Cause we've already been there, yeah, we've already been there. Ladies, we had multiple flexes. I had to uh, respond to the spells of. Tyler Spider Free cast the a narrative. Flex Oh, thank you, Gino. I know. I'm going to tell Bleedies about it, and I'll get his feedback. Ayako sent a magic chat, and we didn't get to hear it. She said, Bleedies is a sellout. Bleedies, this is because you sold out, basically. Nathan has been sending me upset messages. Ayako's sending them to you now. You left us. We supported you. We believed in you, and you sold your studio. Sold the studio. Here I am in the new Triple H studio. Music does make me feel something. Once this album comes out, Y'all aren't even going to remember I used to podcast. Quiggly cast a flex spell. 
He also sent one of those cash bangs. And he sent two chicken winners. Ladies, I didn't know all this happened while we were watching Jeff. I didn't know there were all these anti-heroes with us. Corey gifted a sub to the great Jared Camacho, Bleedies. Also, we had another gifted I'm sub. I'm the best in the world right now. Quiggly gifted a sub to OGJFC. So I called out Quiggly for his malicious. For I his, would like the kids meal with chicken fingers and cheers. a small coffee. And now Quiggly <laughs> has gone over the top to make everything okay. Thank you so much, Quiggly, Corey. Nathan OG sent the fucking top one. Why didn't we say that, Bleedies? Lights off and on. Bleedies, the top one is two cash bangs. Well, it looks like he's doing the Oni Lorcan throw one up. So this is definitely fun. I didn't know top one. I didn't know Oni Lorcan made his way to Trovo. Bleedies, if I was Alistair Black right now, I'd be going, damn. Damn. I, he has a <laughs> Farouk gimmick on Twitch. I have more words to say, but the feeling of damn is still there. Thank you so much, OG. Thank you, Quiggly. I am your, uh, this is Tales of the Bald Father, Bleedies. This is my cult, and I don't have Vince McMahon writing it. Our midnight is noon. We're flipping this society on its fucking head, Bleedies. Do you know what that means, our midnight is noon? Well, I, I have a feeling. I have a feeling it's you and Tyler Spider related because there, there's, there's plenty of times where I'll send you a message around 11 a.m. or noon, and I'm like, is he going to read this yet? Is he going to read this? And then I'll get a message at like 6 p.m. Like, ladies, <laughs> I am asleep at these times. Ladies, at 6 a.m. for me. I tell you this. So and that was always <laughs> hard to say out loud. Like, okay, so like when it's 4 p.m. for you, it's 4 a.m. for me. So it's morning and night. Now we just say our midnight is noon. Gets it out of the way quick. Let them figure it out. Also, it's symbolic of success. Symbolic of rebellion. It's symbolic of being an outcast. I, we, all of us were outcast years ago, ladies. Now, we're glad we were. It used to hurt us for a long time. We used to thought we wanted those people that outcasted us. But now we realize we're special. We have a superpower called bipolar. Kanye told me about this, this new superpower. And I think we have it. When I say we, I'm talking about me. So our midnight is noon. You would talk, because I know for sure you're this way, where, yeah, it's like Kevin is up late. He is the best. And I, I envy you many a times because there are times where I wake up and I see that you're playing a video game. I'm like, who wakes up and the first thing they do is put on a video game? It's not that you're getting up. It's that you've been awake this whole time. So, yeah, I've seen that. You've just flipped your clock. You're... That whole AM and PM shit is a suggestion, not a way to live. Oh, it's a rebellion. Uh, this midnight is noon. Nathan, your midnight is noon. Also, side note, Gino's midnight is still midnight. He is not at all on this level yet. He's not in the cult, in the cult. He's just around the cult. So, Bleedies, I do wake up and play games, though. Today, I wanted to play Warhammer Age of Sigmar Stormground so fucking bad before uh, the, the discussion because there was no dynamite, but I stopped myself. I've already put in 23 and a half hours. This game came out, like, this week. What the hell is going on? Yeah, and I, w I wish I had this. So, right before we started, I was watching the fabulous Moolah, uh, Dark Side of the Ring, which for some reason I never caught. Your idea sounds way more fun. I'm sitting there, like, ripping my hair out, like, they're slandering Moolah's good name. And then part of me is going, maybe it's true, but only one person sang it, and it's such a horrific story. And then everyone's like, no, multiple people are saying it. Well, I've watched a half hour, only one person said it. Ladies, that's what's great about uh, Age of Sigmar, is I get to watch my a &E biographies and my my shoot interviews on this monitor and I played in the other. How do you not have this, Bleedies? It's on every fucking platform. It must be done. 
best part of this? I will break their lines! Wait till you hear that shit. The time for strategy has passed. In the God King's name. Ashes to ashes! I will break their lines! Oh, I, I want to cry when I hear that part. Someone tried to tell me Warhammer was for white people, ladies. You tell me black people never broke their lines? That's one of the greatest lines in a trailer history. I never understand when something is for white people because white people do make up a majority of the population, but it should just be, it's for everyone, all right? I, I saw today, it's Pride Month. Apparently, every fucking thing is for everyone. So there's no <laughs> such thing as anything being for white people. It's for everyone. Just watch soccer. Okay, Uber Eats. They did email me that Pride is for everyone, but no, it's not for us. We're white. Excuse what me, we're, excuse me, we're Italian, but that doesn't count. We're just white to these racists. The, I got this email from Uber, not Eats, but I got it from Uber, and it just told me about pride and that they, you know, I, it it served no purpose oh. to like anything. Like I know, I know you. It, if you want to shock me, be a company that comes out and says we do not support. Pride. Oh, ladies, you won't get on the App Store. You can't. Your parlor didn't support Pride enough. So, ladies, here we go. Get with it. We're going to break their lines. We already rushed the Capitol. Didn't work. We got new plans. Ashes to ashes. I will break their lines. I get so emotional. Bleedies, it comes down to the last turn sometimes. I started out 0-7 online. Now I'm 13-17. and 17. Like, I'm a fucking disgusting beast. I am the Stormcast. I'm this and I have a female lead, and I'm not even that mad about it. Well, it, you told me Warhammer is for everyone. And <laughs> the way she says, I will break their line. Like, that really is. That's, sometimes you need a woman's touch, right? Women can be just as violent, okay? <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. If a guy said it, would I like it as much? I will break their... He can't hit that note. We need a girl to be our inspiration. We need drummer boys back. Get the girls out there with drums, and the girls can hold the flags. And give a girl a microphone, for Christ's sake. Let them help us in war. Ladies, war is fun. It used to be. You used to have a live band out there. Now it's not a party anymore. It's a computer game. Everyone's doing it from their laptop. Get some balls, Fleeties. Come fight me face to face like the Civil War. Don't do it from across the country on a fucking rocket. Sorry, Fleeties. We have to take a break soon. So when we come back, we're going to finish up the sale of WWE. Uh, they're trying their best. CM Punk is helping it. A former writer's trying to help it. Money might be an escrow. Vladis, who's buying WWE? Disney? Or is it going to be someone else? I feel like it's going to be some Saudi Arabian company you and I have never heard of. And that's why they're letting go of a lot of these Buddy Murphys and Braun Strowmans. Like, too much white, okay? <laughs> you notice we're keeping Kofi, we're keeping Woods. We need some people of color for our new Saudi Arabian wrestling company. Mansoor is getting promoted to the main roster while everyone else is getting fired. <laughs> Ladies, we don't have any dynamite to run down tonight. So when we come back from break, I might have to tell you why 1998 is the year of wrestling. I feel like Tyler might not know. Like, I, it's so obvious to people that were alive around then or at the time. 98's the year. But if you think if you're some kid born in 04 or 07, do you really, does 97 and 98 look different in your head? Or do you think they're similar? Because they're very different years of WWF, which is pro wrestling. WCW doesn't even count. So, ladies, we'll take our break. We have to hear some Loft Boys. What's your favorite Loft Boys song? Well, that hotline blink thing you sent me was great. Like, pretty much any time you get to hear Jeff just 
letting it hit him. And I remember, uh, I, I watch a lot of American Idol. The dude from Coldplay says, songs are a gift and you're giving them to the world. I feel like Jeff was really giving us whatever was going through him at that time. I'm going to, I'm going to, I know what it is. Cause your favorite soldier boy song is kiss me through the phone. So uh, luckily the loft boys took care of that. We'll start our break with that. And also when we come back, we have many clips to watch. I hope Gino, Gino sent a long one of an EC3 and I have to pitch a concept to you. He pitched to me. You might be able to do this for him instead. He, I'll tell you when we come back from break and we'll also watch some EC3. Vleeties, no one sends us to break better than you, and you prove it every Wednesday. Do not go anywhere. The whole fucking show will be right back. We're going to break. That ain't the right song, Vleeties. What the fuck? <laughs> Turn it off. Play that one, too. line. taken a step further by removing her pants and she said no because she's on her period uh, i told her that that didn't bother me i feel so good with a glass of full for me i knew where the hourglass stood fleet app brings back our part group sans a tie exposed my roots my dreams attached with the tears fight back 
Filled with force that you found my mind Final thrust from a clown and smile Fly to a cloud, turned off the mind Now she falls ever south with a crown in her mouth This is good shit. That's just good shit. This is good shit. That's good shit.
Jeez, I miss my best friend, Todd. That is why it was so hard to lose you last week and why I abused you so much. It all started with my friend Todd on WWF Superstars. Every Saturday, he would be standing in a room that looked like the funnest room. I think he had a pinball machine behind him. Like, there was WWF stuff on the wall. Doc Hendricks was also in this room sometimes. Never seemed as fun with, seemed as fun with him in it. Seemed like I might get molested in the room with Doc Hendricks in there. Not Todd Pettengill, ladies. Todd Pettengill was so cool. Then one week, Michael Cole came on. He was kind of like Todd Pettengill, except he had facial hair. He was real scrawny back then, this Michael Cole. Real fucking nerd. Isn't that interesting, Bleedies? Young me thought Todd Pettengill was the coolest guy, and even that kid knew that Michael Cole was a big dork. Explain, like, why somebody's not there. Because that, that happened on Impact this past Thursday. Uh, Josh Matthews was sitting at the table, and Josh Matthews says, uh, filling in for Matt Stryker, he's on assignment this week. Like, <laughs> on assignment. Okay, let's hope that means he's getting Todd Pettengill, and he's not coming back. Like, I, you never know. They have a weird reasoning for why. Like, we look at uh, Tom Phillips just gets fired. He's been like, oh, it's all over Twitter. For some reason, it seemed like some of these other announcers, it's just like, hey, I'm filling in this week. I'm a new person. Don't worry. So-and-so will be right back. But they never come back. Ladies, Todd Pettengill went above and beyond the Call of Duty. And I'm not talking about raw talk, okay? This ain't talking smack. This ain't a panel. He didn't do a rain delay, but we would have been lucky to have him. I hope in your house has a rain delay next month or whenever that is. Todd Pettengill will shine and get re-signed. Look what else Todd did with us. It wasn't just about wrestling, bleedies. Hey, everybody, it's Todd Pettengill here for Coliseum Home Video and the World Wrestling Federation. I have for you the next installment on strategy tips. Bleedy strategy tips. You don't have to buy the strategy guide. Todd Pettengill already read it. He used to give me cheat codes, Bleedies. This is a hookup that I didn't get to experience with you. You're a few years older than me, so I can only imagine the excitement of people when they would pick up a Coliseum Home Video and it would have these cheat codes. Like, I had wrestling vhs tapes and never did they ever include wrestling codes i'm a little offended they'd always have like a little backstage snippet of you know stone cold getting the blood wiped off his forehead or something but never did they pop up and go i know you've been playing a lot of sonic the hedgehog too <laughs> and here's the strategy for you and bleedies whether you have a super nintendo or sega genesis todd had you covered he gave you it on both controllers i don't know how we got this info you didn't even need a game shark you just needed a controller and the game. And also, you would find games to play through this, too. Like, when I saw True Lies on this, I'm like, I need that game. There's a True Lies game? I love this. In this edition, we're going to give you the inside scoop on three new exciting video games from Acclaim. The Red Hot Wham Bam Hoop Action. Oh, I'm the best in the world right now. Is that the catch, Bleedies? Acclaim? This is their idea? Did they make our awesome games raw? And Rage in the Cage. I would like the kids. And WrestleMania on Super Nintendo. Is this Was that all a claim, Vleeties? There definitely was probably an email or I guess maybe a letter at this time or a fax <laughs> was sent out to say, hey, we're going to put, we want to partner with a video game company and we want to advertise your game by advertising, hey, maybe a cheat code or a strategy tip. Either way, we'll have something that we can say, hey, if you buy our movies, we'll be able to you know, you'll get a special prize for buying our movies. We'll suck them into buying True Lies, the video game. And then uh, maybe Arnold Schwarzenegger and Jamie Lee Curtis can pop on 
Coliseum home video and let us know their new movie is in theaters in 1993. Tyler Spider gifted a sub to B-Wall. Ladies, I'm putting the lights on blue for that. Tyler fell in love yesterday, so he's heartbroken today. It's very difficult to find another human being who thinks you're tolerable because it's so rare for Tyler and I. So when it happens, we think it'll never happen again. That's what's happening, Tyler. You just think you'll never get to have cyber sex with another 12-year-old. Don't worry. They're everywhere. What school does she go to? So he met this girl on a game that I gifted him. So really, I mean, doesn't he owe me? Oh, wait, I might not have gifted him this one. I think I gifted him one the day before. So I made him buy this one. But ladies, it's only been a day. They had sex together. She has a vibrator. He knows what it looks like. And now he's freaking out. He's checking her online status. Is she active? Is she away? Is she on mobile? Is she on desktop? And he's going through all that stuff that Geminis go through. When they have such low self-confidence, they think they'll never fall in love again. And they have to grab the first thing that looks at them. Well, there's something so exciting about new love. There's something so exciting about the first time you both use your individual vibrators on each other. So this is exciting for Tyler Spida. So I understand where he's coming from. However, if he's looking for more of this action, Kevin Scampoli, jerkmate.com slash GWFS. <laughs> I mean, that, that, this, do I need to say any more? Yes, jerkmate.com slash coxic. Ladies, we, we, they, we used her referral code, and that's how we were able to get such a good 90-10 split on our jerkmate revenue. Every cum shot is... Oh, God damn it, Coxic was supposed to talk like that. Every cum shot's... Every cum shot's 25 cents. Ladies, I blew it. Nathan Weller coffee. What is your name? Nathan, Nathan Weller. What is your name? That was Joker's fault, ladies. He got gifted a sub right when I was turning it up by Corey. Thank you, Corey. He gifted us up to Joker. Ladies, the lights are red now because Corey is an absolute masochist. He self-harms himself. It's all about blood and fiend light and darkness and this life. Like, he's a hardy boy. So, thank you so much, Corey. The lights are on for you. Ladies, 1998 was the year of wrestling, but Double or Nothing 3 was this year. We didn't even talk about it yet. So, we don't have a dynamite to run through, but I gotta know your feelings on Sammy Guevara, you're one of your top eight friends on MySpace. He is the main eventer. We ended the show with Sammy finishing a 10-man match one-on-one -on -one with Sean Spears, the chairman of uh, the Pinnacle. Not of AEW anymore, just the Pinnacle. There's better chairmans in just the women's division for AEW now. So, ladies, Sammy did it. He hit like a 630 off his roof onto some trash cans. Sorry, I got to play this. Every time we bring up Sammy in a 6.30. I got to play this clip, and he ended the pay-per-view with this. <laughs> I'd be jumping off my roof, and my mom would come outside and be like, get off the roof, and I'd be like, okay. And I'd do like a 6.30 onto some trash cans. Oh, man. Oh, well, man. Well, so did Cody yeah. hate it? Is Cody on the other side? Is that the big elite divide over Sammy? And what did you think of Sammy's facial expressions? Even those were good. He's coming along so well. He looked the part perfectly at the end of uh, Double or Nothing. He looked the part, and it was also nice that it was him and Sean Spears because that's kind of a good pairing. Like, Sean Spears looks like a huge motherfucker when he's next to Sammy Guevara. This whole 10-man uh, war, though, the stadium stampede, had so many – I don't know. I feel like Jim Cornette would be perfect to shit on this because it really did feel like uh, – when what's-his-face? When Ortiz went to make a cover in that bar scene, I thought, oh, shit. Like, this is a pinfall victory thing? Because it, what the rules weren't necessarily explained. I don't remember last year's stadium stampede that well. But it felt odd that, you know, didn't, didn't Jack Swagger give Wardle like a choke slam like 20 feet down through some tables? How come he didn't go cover him? 
if this is one fall to a finish, how come there wasn't pinfalls every 10 seconds? Like, nobody was trying to go for a cover after some of the big spots. It just was really lacking that Jim Cornette, uh, Bruce Pritchard psychology. If it would have just been a one-on-one match with Spears and Guevara, what an amazing contest. It's very interesting you bring up Cornette. I got to hear him review this, uh, the whole pay-per-view. And he made a reference to something that I couldn't believe. This is one of the things referenced by Jim Cornette on, this, uh, on his Double or Nothing review. And there's no audio because it's a silent film from 1916. It is called Intolerance by D.W. Griffith. It's in black and white. Like, this isn't, like, cool old, like when Rob Zombie brings up a silent film and Dracula's in it. It's like a silent film that's, like, four hours long. I guess that's his joke. This, this movie's 180 minutes long, so his joke was that Double or Nothing was, like, seemed shorter than or longer than the director's cut of Intolerance. And then I'm like, what did he just say? Is that a song or a movie? Director's cut. And then he goes, oh, and just so you, for you silent film fans out there. I better Google that one. So, Vladis, are we going to have a companion for Intolerance? Do I have to read it to you? <laughs> Please don't. And what a strange comparison to make. I guess I didn't hate the whole show. Can I be this guy? I know that I, I'm pretty critical. Revolution, I thought, was one of the worst pay-per-views I ever watched. And I think this was really good. I, I like the flow of the show. I thought um, Jungle Boy's entrance. Jungle Boy's entrance, Kevin, brought a tear to my eye. And I, I don't know why. I don't know if it's because it was so cool to hear a live crowd, like, really going along with the bit. And it just felt like this weird moment of, like, oh, yeah, Jungle Boy's going to win. Like, And we were so sold on Christian winning. As soon as I heard the Jungle Boy pop, which is what they used to call a road warrior pop, I just thought it was so great. So... Uh, I thought the show was good. I don't know. I, I didn't walk away going, I've seen 90-hour silent movies that were better. Ladies, I see tits in this movie from 1916. I can see through her shirt. They didn't know how HD their camera was back then. They didn't know we could restore the nipples, ladies. So I love this film. I'm going to jerk off to this. N- Tyler, this is how you get over your new girlfriend that's making you sad. This silent film porn. And it's basic. Look, I saw her nipple again. Ladies, they have no idea. I can see her bush. They don't even know how video worked back then. They have a fucking see-through sheet over her. So, Vladis, how out of touch can Jim Cornette get? I got to hear GM Staley act like this is his hero. Every screenshot he takes on his phone has a Jim Cornette player in the corner. But, like, the stuff Cornette books is never good off paper. Like, it's good on his voice, but once you read it in your own voice or try to imagine it, it's never a good idea. Like, he thought Sammy and Sean Spears at the end was, a, was bad. He didn't say that outright, but he said it like, where were the other guys? Where were the heels? Where were the baby faces? But Sammy Guevara is the guy we're focusing on. <laughs> this was perfect. It's like when you end a Royal Rumble with a one-on-one match that takes 12 minutes. The ladies at the end did take longer than I expected, and that felt like a swerve in itself because when Sammy got handcuffed, I immediately said on the companion, Sammy's getting the pin at the end. It was obvious. All right, he's not out. Of, he's gonna, not only is he not out of the match, he's going to win at the end is what I said. So then when they got to the ring at the end, it started taking a little too long. Started thinking, oh, okay, this ain't going to be a Sammy finish, maybe. And then it was. So that was like a little mini misdirection. Ladies, I got to hear, like, Brian Lash, Jim Cornette's co-host, talk about how, like, he thinks AEW is objectively bad as opposed to subjectively. Like, he has some traditional wrestling grade book he goes by. He didn't have the heel come out at 10 minutes of the match, so this was done improperly. This gets a C-. minus. This is a bad match. Just because it doesn't follow old rules of storylines he once liked. 
and I think that's ridiculous. You could be, you could think it's subjectively bad, but is it any worse than any other fucking wrestling that's ever existed? <laughs> like wrestling itself is objectively bad. It's a fake fight, Fleeties. It's a, it's a mockery. I hate, I don't mean to be this guy. Well, yeah, you know what I do. Smoky Mountain Wrestling wasn't like this nationally, globally recognized brand, you know? Oh, no, have- I, no, keep that thought. I'm going to be quick because people will try to go against that. But no, it hasn't aged well either. It's not like anyone's chanting it. Like ECW wasn't that big, just like what you're saying. Cornette's company wasn't that big. But ECW was a legacy. People care about it. No one cares about Smoky Mountain. Shawn Michaels wrestled a guy named Jimmy there once. That's all I know about it. Well, it really was like it, it was the it was the definition of indie or developmental territory. It was hey, we want to give somebody some reps. Go to Smoky Mountain. Jericho went there. Lance Storm went there. It's not like Jericho went to WCW first and then went to Smoky Mountain. It really was kind of a place to cut your teeth. And if the storylines and everything was so memorable, it would have been like ECW. It would have been unique and different and something that people wanted to check out. It would have been like Ring of Honor or Chikara, some of these other smaller companies that have this long-lasting legacy. Smoky Mountain doesn't have that. It's almost looked at like a joke, like, hey, you're still doing, like, early 80s wrestling. You still think the Von Erichs and the Freebirds are going to come back and have a tag match. Meanwhile, it's... And, and yeah, I think it was just it was just Smoky Mountain. So, it, so to have Cornette come out and really bash everything about AEW is in regards to not following these certain guidelines, like... I, when Doug Basham cut his hair, and I don't listen to Jim Cornette, but he did tell the story about when Doug Basham cut his hair, he was pissed. Like, why did Vince cut my, my top heel's hair? He was a heel. He had long, gorgeous hair. All this blah, blah, blah. I'm like, Doug Basham should have been able to get over with long hair or not. It doesn't matter. Like, you know, it just little things like that he thinks make wrestling matter-of-factly, but there still needs to be charisma. There still needs to be energy. And... Like, he, he probably can't fathom how a guy like Orange Cassidy got over. The Smoky Mountain point is very important because those are writing credits for Jim Cornette that should, you know, back him up. I, he was a manager I hated as a kid, so he did a good job in the same way Brian Pillman made me hate him. So he's good at that. But what about a writer or booker is so interesting about this guy. I like him as a broadcaster. I laugh at him because the way he says his ideas. But I'll laugh at the ideas if they fucking happen. And also he wrote for Raw. What good idea was ever on Raw from him? Terry Funk in a box was awesome. I'll never trash that, even though it's kind of a <laughs> meme these days. But every great thing from that era, he acts like it sucked. <laughs> so, no, this is not like the wrestling mind we should be following, especially when it's southern wrestling bullshit he wants. We like northern wrestling, bleedies. We like fireworks. Yeah, and he talks about, you know, he spent a lot of time in Memphis. I was just watching that Moolah documentary. You know, I started in Memphis as a photographer when I was 15. And it's like, okay, cool. You know, he, he cut his teeth early, started as a photographer, taking pictures, learning the industry. But he's learning USWA wrestling, which is Jerry the King Lawler, Andy Kaufman, Jerry Jarrett. Like, all that stuff that wasn't necessarily groundbreaking or revolutionary or even exciting. Like, we had already seen the USWA m- many times over. And even as a, as a newer fan, when I go back and watch old school wrestling, it takes me, it's a little harder for me to enjoy uswa or wccw i want to watch wwf i want to watch ecw those just come off as more interesting to me they feel a little more sexy than watching whatever you know oh well the heels got to be winning for 19 minutes in the last three minutes the baby face makes a big comeback and then the heel tries to cheat to win but the baby face catches oh wait but ladies the young bucks are working on box and eddie kingston needs a hot tag isn't that awesome 
Yeah, I do enjoy a good hot tag still. I don't care what anyone says. Nobody enjoys the hot tag as much as me. I miss Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins as a team, brother. That was like the one part of the Young Bucks match Gwinnett liked. There was a hot tag coming, and I knew it was coming, and it happened, so I liked it. Ladies, the great Gino did send us something to watch, but first, I didn't show you this. This was from Ricardo on Discord. I don't know where he got it, but I assume from WWE because they made a calendar. And Mr. June of the 2021 WWE calendar is Braun Strowman. How perfect, ladies. He's released on June 2nd. He's the face of the month. That's terrible. Poor guy. Like, It really is so odd that he was... You said it, unfireable, unreleasable. He was like this guy, perfect WWE look. They built him up to this perfect WWE plug him in play. Whenever they need a, a monster heel, he can do that. Whenever they need a big baby face, they can do that. They had him in that almost like a cane position. Maybe it was when he started wearing green shirts and gloves. It was like, all right, we got it. <laughs> Braun kind of sucks now. Uh, which, which version of him is on the calendar? Does he, does he still have hair? Ladies, I have a money-making opportunity for you. Gino wants to pay someone $15 to watch the new EC3 movie called Free the Narrative or Control the Narrative, one of these. And guess what? That other guy you like in it, Matt Cardona, is in it. So you can watch this, right? He'll, send you, he'll buy it for you. He, the catch is he wants a companion. So maybe on Discord, he'll make you watch it live. He'll record the file for you, I bet even. So, ladies, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a, a great deal. It's basically free. How long is this movie that EC3 is responsible for? Because he is the king of, okay, this is the part of my wrestling entrance where I get down on my knees, I do like a weird motion, and then I stand up and I continue to do the motion with my arms. He might be one of the worst, like, creative cinematic minds in wrestling history. Ladies, this movie is $14.99 to rent, so you only have it for two days. To rent? Yeah, when he gets it for you. It's also very mature, so don't let Ralph walk in during this. This is like a Fiend match. And, ladies, this thing is an hour and 23 minutes. That's like half of a pay-per-view. That's half of a Raw, ladies. I bet there's even commercials you can fast forward. Oh, my gosh. I, I can't imagine an EC3. First of all, $14.99 to rent. Is it on Fight? How do we watch this? Why is it only 14 night? Like, how come he didn't say like six to own who to rent? Why, why do I need to spend the, the amount of money to purchase a film to watch for, tw uh, what do I get, 48 hours to watch this, this fucking hour and 20 minute documentary of him saying, you can't control me. I really respect this, the idea he did. This is brilliant. Like, this is what you would, you would love it. <laughs> this is what wrestlers need to do. He's on Vimeo, ladies. Get on Vimeo, huh? That's like the filmmaker site. That's short film stuff. And this movie is a match, I'm pretty sure. It must be like that main event show used to be for WWF because it says Cardona versus EC3. So are we building up to the match throughout the film and then we get to watch it at the end, ladies? I actually would not mind that idea. I don't think it's worth $14.99, especially when I can pay $4.99 a month and get every episode of NWA Power. So I think it's kind of strange that he's telling me, hey, you go watch one of my matches with an insanely long buildup. Like, I would love it if EC3 was, like, working at a bar, and then Matt Cardona was, like, uh, he came in and he was Dalton, and it was, like, a roadhouse spoof, and it ended in a match between EC3 and Matt Cardona. I would enjoy that if they would take classic 80s movies and put wrestlers in there and it ended with a big match. However, I doubt that's what this is. I'm very, very, very concerned <laughs> that I will be watching this movie next week. I hope Stifler and The Rock are in it. It's in the jungle. Let's watch the trailer. Let's see what we're... It might be like uh, Lucha Underground. It looks a little dark here. 
Let's watch the clip Gino sent. $14.99, Bleedies. Here's the demo. Perfect. Matt Cardona promoting a caught podcast on his hoodie and his shirt. Both of them. He's walking into a diner, Bleedies. And he sits by himself. <laughs> but drinks are waiting. Who's there? Someone's across the table. From the shit actor. <laughs> look at this shit acting. Look at this. You can't just sit down and look intense. Is that the easiest thing for a wrestler to be told to do? Is this not a wrestler? Could this just be a toy collector, Bleedies? We'd like to, mo- to know more about the waitress. Like, who's giving them coffee? Do they pan up and it's Chelsea Green? Is that his, uh, his uh, shoot wife? I want to know more about the production side of this thing. I know it's wrestling, so I'm sure that... Uh, Fightful Select will give out an entire list of the credits. How do you make me cringe by just sitting down? Look at this. <laughs> Look at this. So that's obviously an intense noise. That means he's here to be intense. That, like, you're letting a load off. Like, yeah. Ah, oh, thank God I'm here. Now I'm going to make an angry face at the man who ordered me a Sprite. Because I don't want a Sprite. Look at <laughs> I want coffee, but I already made the mad face, so I'm going to keep it. He's got coffee and a Sprite. Happy one-year anniversary. CC3. Look at that. EC3 jumps off the screen. Was I, I wasn't wrong. Derek Bateman sucked, but this isn't Derek Bateman anymore, is it? He definitely is yoked. He's more pleasing to look at than he was when he was in uh, WWE, when he was with that logo. Did, did you see the logo? And it just drives me, this looks good. But when <laughs> EC3 starts to do his EC3 thing in, in, in a longer form, watch him versus Jay Briscoe. It's so frustrating. Because this match has an ins- a great build. It was a three-minute movie that built this match. I could not wait to watch. And then I had to watch them wrestle. And it was like, uh-oh. Like, EC3 is really interesting with the facials. He's, the way he... His entrance was so cringe-inducing. How he gets down on a knee, does something with his arms, and then just kind of stands up. Like, But he's still using his arms. It, silly. It was so gimmicky and silly. I'm surprised he didn't come out with a headdress. Like a big Native American headdress. This is a mile, or a panda head. This is a milestone of a day, Bleedies, on Braun Strowman Month, June 2021. It took Aleister Black getting released and going on Twitch for me to respect what EC3 did. I actually said out loud earlier, what did you do what EC3 did? Should have done that. And I didn't even think I would ever say something like that. So I naturally came of age tonight as an EC3 fan. You just can't get over it, can you? Over it? It was the liberation from her corporately mandated personas. I live in it every day. Yeah, I, I get it. It was the best thing for both of us. We both needed it, but that was a year ago. Isn't this a great chemistry? The deep... <laughs> it is a great dichotomy for a match, but <laughs> I guess it works in this scene, if that's their vision. The guy with the big words and his big revolution and his narrative and controlling it. And then this toy collector be like, bro, dude, seriously, though, like, where's the key? You threw an invisible key and I can't find it. Like, this is Matt Riddle talking to <laughs> talking to EC3, ladies. No, well, and even EC3, so we, we saw him make the videos. We saw him take his release and try and do something creative and not what I expected at all from EC3. We saw uh, Zack Ryder, uh, Matt Cardona, we saw him kind of dip his foot into the AEW water. He signed up with Impact a little later than we thought he would have. We saw him really focus on his podcast. And apparently, he was also doing a little bit of acting during that. He probably joined the Groundlings like Chris Jericho. But it really is like, it is odd to see. He, so Matt, Matt walks in 
super intense with like his face. He's doing this thing with his hand and his face. Don't know what that was about. And he just didn't know how to act. He should have just been Riddle. He should have just came out and just fucking, bro, look, I understand it, bro. Now my wife got released too, bro. He pretty much does that. Uh, didn't uh, Matt Cardona ride a scooter in? I'm pretty sure the waitress yelled at him. Oh, that was a deleted scene. You just can't get over it, can you? Over it. It was a liberation from her corporately mandated personas. I live in it every day. Yeah, I, I get it. It was the best thing for both of us. We both get needed it. it. But that was a year yeah, ago. Yeah, dude, it I get it, It's like bro. you're just so focused <laughs> on the past. You say, I live in the past. But clearly it's you who lives in the past. How? A lot can change in a year. Do you know studies say that uh, if you drink black coffee, you're more likely to be a psychopath? What, ladies? I only drink black coffee. Look, studies say that. I don't know which ones they are. I have a feeling they were done at Wuhan, China's facility. So I think <laughs> you're in the clear. And when, when, when Ryder talks about EC3 living in the past, it does seem a little like everything Vince ever said to him, anything probably Matt Bloom ever said, Bill Zamat, any crit, uh, critics or, uh, critiques this guy ever got in his past, they're all showing up in this movie already. They're showing up in this guy's in-ring work where Triple H is like, you need a grand entrance. Why don't you get on your knees, do this, stand up? Why don't you turn dramatically behind you? Like, everything he does really is like, okay, so-and-so gave me this note, I got this note, I got this note. Everything is a production for him. Do you know studies say that uh, if you drink black coffee, you're more likely to be a psychopath? He should have said sociopath, ladies. Doesn't he know that's the new word of the 2000s? That's the new psychopath. Ladies, I'm a sociopath and I drink black coffee, so the studies are right. You must be drinking that every day because you are nuts. Uh, That's a good shot, and this is the first time we got to see it. Look at that. I guess it, uh, the sunlight is, a little, is messing with the exposure. I mean, but still, it's a wonderful shot to see the cars fly by. Jesus, dude. Like, sometimes I can't tell if I'm talking to Mike, if I'm talking to EC3. Ladies, all you got to do is put the camera on the table that's across from you. You can even see... The bottom of the table that it's on. <laughs> God damn it. Can't we stack it on some books? Put it on a mug so we don't see the bottom of the table, right? Do enjoy how, like, that was so easy to spot because it is, like I said, five full selects will have a full list of how they made this movie. And I'm already looking at it now, like, yes, this was some fucking gorilla shot shit. And you're talking about how come they didn't have this angle sooner? It's because there was a big truck outside and this married couple who's like 85 or smoking cigarettes, like, what? I got that camera in there. <laughs> Like, they were just sitting there, and they're like, should we go ask him to move? It's like, no, we'll film the other stuff, we'll just blow and then face. we'll do it. <laughs> Ladies, what the fuck? How come he's not uh, filming, doing this live on Facebook like Seamus and Cesaro used to do? I want to get also at least a behind-the-scenes uh, uh, clips of this. I want to see the outtakes. I want to see Matt Cardona laugh. I want to see EC3 get angry when he messes up. He's a psychopath. He won't find it funny. All right, let's listen, ladies, to this amazing scene. If it wasn't clear, I forgot what I was going to say before all that. Whatever I just said was not what I was going to say. But I hope I made up something well in the moment. This dude, like, sometimes I can't tell if I'm talking to Mike, if I'm talking to EC3. Um, what, what, what is the game plan? With that, that Facebook Live thing was like, I have to think of something because I have no idea what I'm saying. Cesaro and Sheamus used to wrestle on Facebook Live. That didn't make any sense. Well, please, I forgot what I was going to say. Okay? Yes. I mean, it's been a couple months. Letters to the house, crashing the podcast. You, you got to have a goal, right? I do not have goals. I have purpose. My purpose is to find out who you truly are. Who is Matthew Cardona? 
What makes him happy? Oh, it- I love this already. I'm not watching anymore. I don't want it spoiled. That better not even be in the movie. That better just be the prologue. Ladies, this is the journey. That can be the opening scene, but I want the opening credits after it. So it's not officially the movie. It's a cold open. Because I don't want to know that that's coming, and then it's in the middle. So, ladies, I'll watch this for us, but if you want to do a companion instead, then I'll happily let you instead. might have to watch it, because I think EC3 just blessed me with another sounder. Like, how? How does he just... I do not have goals. Like, is it his voice? What is it about his the way he talks? Everything about this guy is a walking meme, and I don't think he <laughs> understands it, which makes it that much more memeable. He became the opposite of Derek Bateman, and it's exactly what we needed. Like, Derek Bateman is the type of guy that when he gets released, he'll jump on Twitch and ruin it. Well, not ruin it because no one would care anyway. But Alistair Black went on and ruined it because we cared before his stream. But Derek Bateman, you'd think he'd be out playing Paper Mario after getting released. No, this guy went out and controlled the narrative, freed the narrative in that voice and the big words. Also, when he was Derek Bateman, he tried to use big words sometimes, and he'd always say them wrong. Or in the, he'd forget his promo in the middle like I did a few minutes ago while talking. Bleedies, but he was in front of live arenas who were ready to jest him. So he had a tough time, and we were the meanest. And for years, I held a grudge against EC3. This film might be it. So I'm not going to be a fan yet. I'm not official. But Gino, I'll watch Free the Narrative. We'll do a little companion. And the goal of it will be to find out if I am an EC3 fan at the end. I think EC3 is one of the worst. Like, it's one of the, like, look, wrestling is more than just what I'm watching now. And I I even, when I watched that Ring of Honor promo, when when, uh, Gino was sending me all the clips of the the build-ups to all the Ring of Honor matches, it was laughable. I mean, prove to me, honor is real. Like, he just can't stop saying things that make me laugh. And I'm not laughing out of it. He's not trying to be funny when he's saying this stuff. He really is like, okay, I'm trying to sell this dramatic storyline. I want Jay Briscoe to give me the code of honor, but he won't even look at me because he doesn't think I have honor. There's a good story in it. They're building this amazing story. And then EC3 is in, like, he, he's getting a problem in the Mick Foley boiler room going, Prove to me honor is real. Like, he can't help it. He's the worst. With a pet rat. Joe Cronin had an interview with EC3. I saw him on Twitter asking for questions. And my question that I replied with was, does he still talk to Johnny Curtis? So, like, it's always Johnny Curtis with EC3. Because I was a super fan of him from 2011-12 till, what, last week when I found out he's not in shape anymore. How come EC3 is better than Fandango now? Is it because he didn't have to be Fandango? I think uh, when Fandango got stuck being Fandango, and he's just had a, a litany of injuries, like the shoulder, the knee, like he just cannot stay healthy for more than a week. So he definitely had, I mean, and, and he's been re- reduced to NXT in a way, where they were like, we got nothing for him on the main roster, maybe Triple H will do something with him. So it's like, oh my gosh, I can keep my career alive. But it's not like he's progressing his career at all anymore. Ladies, we lost Lana, not just Buddy Murphy. Not just Batista. Wait, he lost him a long time ago. Not just Aleister Black and not just Braun, but Lana's gone. And remember when you said that they were like turning her into a hero when she got put through a table every week for 10 weeks? Here comes another I told you so in case you didn't know. I was trying to tell you at the time, and Tyla, this is not a character we're going to all love. She's a joke. We're not going to even remember this in a couple months. Like You thought the point of putting her through tables was to give her a belt. No, Shayna Baszler, Nia, those are our champions, Fleeties. Well, Tamina stole that now, but that's new stories. You thought it would be Lana and Natty. You thought Lana was being bred. Maybe she was, though. 
Was that their goal? And then people like me ruined it. <laughs> they were putting her over. And they, even if it wasn't putting her, like, we, we always talk about how, like, well, not everybody can be champion. And I think in this scenario, the main idea was just to get her over as a baby face. Because we did see her transition from my Bobby to sympathetic baby face to almost getting to you and I thinking, well, obviously, Team Glow was going to get the title shot at WrestleMania. Like, it was, no, we were booking, <laughs> I thought Lana <laughs> I, I don't I don't remember who we picked in that, but it definitely for me it was not Tamina and Natty. And I was just shocked that Lana was getting this like, okay, we're gonna make her a babyface. And she's been a babyface for the past six months, not doing a very good job at it, which I'm sure is why she's no longer there. Ladies, when did they put her over? When she cried on the steps at Survivor Series? Well, she did win that match. She went over, but she, she didn't enter the ring. She had to stand on the steps and win by count out. So I don't know about that. Maybe it was the eleventh time they put her through a table because they didn't that time like we're gonna do it 11 times but not the it won't happen so this is your push not going through the table again it, the glow tag team wasn't someone else already with naomi like for two weeks before that then they just threw lana with her i might be remembering that long because there's like five blonde girls and any given week i could have remem misremembered them so i think i thought she was mandy one week so bleedies no that we weren't we weren't you know, fat Gino. putting her over. She wasn't our hero. A face turn is very, a simple face turn is very different than the nightmare uh, dystopian future you were pitching me where Lana's our hero and she's our champion and she beats Asuka and like, oh my God, she might have beat Asuka by a technicality at the time though. But all this stuff with her, that never happened. She just became a tag team girl. That's not a push, bleedies. And you're, I'm glad that it never turned into her becoming more than what what ended up happening but there definitely was a strong push to make her a baby face one of the top baby faces and, and if it did get derailed with this weird naomi tag team it seemed like for a creative in wwe they were just thinking what do we do with all these chicks bro put them all in tag teams let's do it live morgan we got her we had these ideas she's in a bathtub oh you know what put her in a tag team with ruby again we don't have much for her like they don't <laughs> everyone was just getting thrown in a tag team all right it's just what we do here now let me show you what a push looks like, ladies. You're not going to believe what happened at AEW Double or Nothing when Luke Perry's nephew came out. Oh, I'm subbing to this YouTube channel. Look, you, don't know, you won't believe what happened, but Luke Sheldon does. Luke Sheldon does on YouTube. He knows what happened. Here we go. He filmed this. And ladies, this was one of the two big young star pushes at this event. We already talked about Sammy at the end, getting a 1v1 with Sean Spears to finish the main event. Here in our basically our sub-main event, Jungle Boy gets a 1v1 with Christian, who outworked everyone else to this point. And uh, to defeat him, Jungle Boy defeats him. Ladies, what was more exciting for you? Jungle Boy winning the Battle Royale or Sammy Guevara, Guevara winning the Stadium Stampede? Uh, the Jungle Boy. I think that that whole battle royal was done really well. I thought the Leo Rush reveal was a little confusing. Like, oh, okay. Like that almost seemed like they should have they shouldn't have said wild card. They should have said Leo Rush is the Joker. Like on Friday night, it didn't seem like a big. You know, they they do that to us. You know, whenever they're like, we have a big surprise, and people were saying it was Big Show. Some people were like, there were there were names 
thrown around. And even when Big Show came out to do commentary, I was like, is he the fucking wild card? Is they, are they going to play some song and he's going to come to the ring and win this battle royal? <laughs> so when it was Leo Rush, I was like, oh, I mean, all right. I like Leo Rush, but I just, it wasn't a huge, like, holy shit, Leo Rush. Like, I didn't have that feeling. So I thought Jungle Boy winning was awesome. I thought it was a great way to put him over, him and Christian. And then Christian coming in and giving him the hug afterwards was a little confusing because it looked like he was talking mad shit. Like, if anything, he should have did the hand slap first and then give him a hug and say words. Right. But when he was just standing in front of him going like, you motherfucking piece of shit, you better win that fucking belt because I'm coming for your fucking ass, bro. And then he <laughs> hugged him. It was kind of weird. We had a live crowd. The first four rows were plants, but a lot of these voices are fans. Fat Gino. It's so interesting, Bleedies, to think what must be going through any performer's head at any given time. So you always hear, like, when a crowd is really pissed off about something, you hear a heel and a shoot later going, God, I was so happy to hear that reaction. I knew I had him, whatever. In this moment, is Christian thinking that when they're chanting Jungle Boy? He's not a heel, per se, but he knows Jungle Boy is going to be the one that wins. Does he know that we'd be booing if he won? Does, how does he feel about that? Does he know he's Batista in this situation against Daniel Bryan? And Jungle Boy's the one we want. It was kind of that intense. It was that one-sided, I feel like. Or, ladies, would you cheer if Christian won? Do you think there would be positive reactions? It could have been like a Rock Hogan where people were booing the shit out of the Rock. And then he beats Hogan and suddenly the crowd's like, Yay, we saw a match. That was fun. So it could have been that. But that's almost the anomaly. The, uh, the anomaly. Every time it seems like that does happen... People would have been like, ah, oh, fuck, we want a Jungle Boy, but Christian's okay, I guess. So I think Christian knew, like, knew, and the way the crowd was, the crowd was hot. The crowd was into it. Tony came out before the show and he said, can you guys just be hot? No curse words. And it was a really fun, those two guys did a really good job, and they played off the emotions so well. And yeah, I was sitting there, like, crying when Jungle Boy wins, and his <laughs> song is playing. I'm like, what a moment for this kid. Did you hear about, what the fuck was I going to bring up? Oh, yeah, uh, Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre, when he won that Rumble, he said he was getting concerned with the crowd reaction because how they reacted to Edge. So the thought was like, oh, they're going to want Edge to win this. He's gonna, they're going to hate me. And, of course, he was spot on. So let's take a look at the Christian going through that same mental dilemma. They're fighting on the apron if you're on the podcast. Jungle Boy kicking from his back on the apron. The crowd... Married men and their wives, all chanting. <laughs> no, oh, is he gonna fall? Oh no, what's gonna happen? He's going for a unprettier. Oh, that part was awesome, ladies. When Jungle Boy fucking swung around the fucking turnbuckle, it looked like it looked fake. It looked like he had wires on him. It looked like guts. He was crying in the aggro crowd. He's the ch a cheat code from Pat Todd Pattengill. This was an AEW video game. Why did the crowd seem louder on the event? Are they still playing sounds of crowds, Bleedies? I think maybe it's just this guy's, you know, it's his phone. It doesn't have the same. Maybe because, you know, the iPhone microphone tries to isolate. Like, where's the sound coming from? So when it's coming from everywhere, the phone's probably like, what the fuck do we do now? So the crowd was hot. We all saw it. We all heard it. It was a real crowd. There were no Goldberg chants here. But this was great. This was a great moment. 
It was so great, Bleedies. And I don't know if I trust crowds anymore. Now that we figured out what they think a crowd is and what they want it to be, they being any wrestling company through the last COVID era, now it's like when we're not what they want, spruce it up. You get the files ready. Go fuck yourself. He's hugging an idiot. Who's he hugging? What's going on right now? Oh, it's Marco Stunt. All right, Bleedies, we had to celebrate. The cheers went to jeers when that little man came out. Bleedies, you brought up Leo Rush. And yeah, did you get a rich swan feeling when he came out? Like, because that was your big heartbreaking impact moment in TNA when there was a main event championship contender debuting, and it was Rich Swan. So when Leo came out, this is our wild card and our sub-main event. So I had a little bit of a sigh, but I've been saying this repeatedly since Sunday. Once he got in three moves, I was no longer sighing. Like that performance, few characters can win me over with athleticism in wrestling because it's all fake bullshit. I want to see your entrance and promo. But this Leo Rush might have won me over. He's not even signed, though, Vlades. He's signed to NJPW. Yeah, and I, he did a great job, and he does. And I've been watching him, like I said, in MLW. His feud with Myron Reed was great. He's had a good match with Brian Pillman Jr. So it really is like, okay, cool. Like, I know Leo Rush. So I think to the AEW fan who hadn't seen Leo Rush in a while, it was exciting to watch this guy come out, hit all of his big moves. But in my head, it was just like, well, I know he's not going to win. Like, I was kind of expecting if you're going to bring out somebody, because the, the whole purpose of this Battle Royal is somebody's going to get a title shot. So I'm wondering, okay, but it's got to be somebody that I can see fighting Kenny Omega. I can see Jungle Boy. I can see Christian. I can see some of these guys they had lined up in these final, these final few uh, people in the ring. So when Leo came out, I was like, well, Leo's not fighting Omega. So that was the only problem. Him in the match was absolutely outstanding. If they would have put like a little asterisk on it, like winner gets a title shot. I'd be like, okay, Leo Rush versus Miro. Can't fucking wait. So yeah, that was the only thing that kind of threw it off. Ladies, we didn't just lose Lana and Braun and Aleister Black and Tom Phillips. We also lost Ruby Riot, the ugliest woman to ever wrestle. She is so ugly. And it's not just bug eyes. It's, it's a different, it's an insect for sure. A specific one, though. These aren't just bug eyes. Because Megan Morant has bug eyes and she's beautiful. This Ruby Riot was in a, an accident whether it's with fire or a car crash or Alex Mack, something got spilled on her. There is Two-Face in the hospital. Joker did something to her. Something is, someone was in her closet with zip ties, and they did something to Ruby Riot over a 90-day period. And her face is disgusting. However, Gino is sad that she's gone, and this is uh, the last thing WWE did with Ruby Riot before her release. Oh, yeah, we, we watched this. That's Excuse right. Excuse me, Liv, Ruby, after... Th that, now we know why she's... I forgot we watched this shit. Ladies, Gino sent this clip last Friday, I think, after SmackDown. How pathetic. These are the performers we're mourning. We still have Liv. What's everyone sad about? Look at how pretty Liv is. The match, it was clear that you guys were frustrated. Mm -hmm. What's next for you? Oh, what's next for us? Can I have this, please? <laughs> she wants to know... Ruby Riot looks like Brian Peppers. Um, what's next for us? I don't know. What's next for us? We train, we work hard. It seems like we're doing everything that we need to do, but clearly we're not doing something right. How about you win a match? What has she done that she's supposed to do? Liv is great, Fleeties. Paul Heyman knows. But Ruby sucks, Fleeties, and Paul Heyman knows. Apparently Ruby used to organize birthday parties and send get well cards on behalf of all the women when someone got hurt. and She, she like helped someone's grandmother. Bailey tweeted all these details about why Ruby Riot was such a great part of the locker room. And, ladies, if I was in the locker room, that would matter to me. 
Ruby Riot, I was excited when the team broke up. I liked both of them as a singles. Maybe there was this there was this excitement to have women's tag team titles because we had the Iconics, we had um, Bailey and Sasha. Like they were kind of tag teams, but I think it's almost been a detriment at this point uh, because of moments like this. Where, like Liv Morgan was just brought back as a singles, and oh, we got nothing to do. Put her back in this team where I feel like they would have benefited from just having singles matches on main event every week. Like I don't know the team that they were gone off TV. I felt like for a long time. Whenever they would pop up, I was like, I don't watch all the Geno stuff, so maybe on YouTube they were cutting kick-ass promos like this. But I, this was just a, I didn't like this tag team. And it's still called the Riot Squad, but Liv is clearly the one. She's the Shawn Michaels. So I, I don't know. I, I like Ruby Riot. I, I don't, I don't want to see her leave. I, like I keep saying, this is a wrestling company. We've let go of 20 wrestlers this year. So a lot of shit's happening. And maybe she's one of these wrestlers that had a $500,000 contract. And they were like, we just can't justify giving you that much. We this let you this go. might sound like a weird question, considering all I've said. But is she the most sure signing of them all that got released? Like, Braun, I have my doubts. Uh, not that he's not a talented big man. He doesn't have a spot on a WWE roster. I don't know how I feel about adding this guy to AEW. Ruby Riot, though, with Thunder Rosa, Britt Baker. Like... The girl's ugly, but they all are over there. They wrestle her. Those are the wrestlers. We have the Divas on Raw still. We have Eva Marie telling us, rolling around in a ring like she's a fighter. Like That's our uh, women's division. Divas that we're working into fighters. They're tricking us because we're, we're a child audience. On AEW, ugly girls fight, right? Like This is what they need. I don't want to watch Layla Hirsch come out again. Abaddon needs an opponent, and it better not be Serena Deeby. So as a matter of fact, that NWA title might look good on Ruby Riot. And those one-legged pants were always very unique. And she's a very unique female character. And female wrestling is not important to me, but very important in 2021. Is she the most sure thing? Is she going to be the first one signed? How about that? Yeah, I, I think even Liv Morgan tweeted out, like, Heidi Lovelace is going to make, you know, whoever signs Heidi Lovelace wins. And I agree with that. I think... You look at all elite wrestling's women division where they're like bragging about how great their division is. They just released their rankings. Nyla Rose and Layla Hirsch are on it. So clearly <laughs> they have a lot of work to do. So why not bring in Heidi Lovelace? Why not bring in Santana Garrett? Why not bring in, I mean, all these women that were released would be a great fit for this women's division that we keep pretending is good, even though we had Ryu Mizunami uh, compete for the title. But here's the thing about Braun. Do you have to sign him, though? Like, whether you want to or not, you have to, right? Like, like with Luger, with Bischoff. Like, Bischoff knows Luger sucks. He doesn't like him. He hates him. I hate Luger. I'd probably have to sign him, though, in 94, 95. Like, do we have a choice? We're going to have to give this guy a million, right? A year? Someone's going to do it. I don't know if it's AEW. You can see him, like, a New Japan or some, you know, there's a lot of wrestling companies out there. So he could, I mean, and I don't know what NWA is throwing around. They're not throwing around a million, but he, I could see him working there like this really big guy against Nick Aldis. I can see that working <laughs> out. So there's places for him to go. So someone's got to get him. And if it's not going to be, yeah, the, the guys that we're talking about, if it's not going to be uh, like AEW or, or New Japan, he can go to Impact. Why not? They'll, they'll find something to do with him. And that's the same as signing with Tony Khan. He'll get you eventually. So yeah, just go over there. And be strong there, then be strong here. Back to Ruby Riot, Bleedies. She's our next AEW uh, women's champion. She's going to be a Hall of Famer. She's going to be in the book, Tony Khan's book. She says, I can't, I can't, I can't do it anymore. I can't stand being within fingertips reach 
of those women's tag team championships for years now. You don't have Only to worry about that. Jesus Christ, stop uh, miking the trash cans. Fucking hell, she threw the mic, fire her. I, I forgot how fucking annoying that interview was. That's the most annoying clip we've seen in a while. All these slams and shit. Ladies, there's another clip from Gino. This has Bret Hart in it. And it starts with the great, oh wait, this might be from uh, Corey. Corey. Sonic underscore Gino says, Serena Deeb is losing that belt to Camille this Sunday. Is Camille uh, in that NXT group that looks like rappers? I can't remember. All right, ladies, <laughs> this is from Gino. Let's see what he sent us with Doc Hendricks. There better be a cheat code in it, Gino. I just got the True Lies video game. Michael Hayes. How are you? You made it. I'm I so excited to interview it. you today. Well, let's see if you feel that way at the end of it. <laughs> this asshole. Uh, okay, yeah. <laughs> right, that's how it's working. Can you tell me why he's not shaking her hand? Can somebody explain You made this? it. That's I so did make to it. Interview you today. Oh, I guess she didn't. Uh, that looked like a hand reach out, and he just ignored it. I got so fucking annoyed. Okay. Well, let's see if you feel that way at the end of it. Uh, okay, yeah. <laughs> right, that's how it's working. Uh, what do you have behind your back? So this is one of these creeps you have to be afraid of, right? Because he's so high up. He cut his hair for Vince, so Vince loves him. Like, you can't piss this guy off, right? He'll call you a different breed of cat and get you fired. Yeah, this is one of the... You have to kiss the ring when this guy walks around because he, he had a couple ideas, and once those worked out a few times, he was always going to be at Vince's... Uh, the pool parties. One of my favorite Bruce Pritchard impressions is Doc Hendricks, but... I mean, the guy was fucking terrible. Even as a kid, I knew he was a piece of shit. Take a look at this guy. <laughs> hello, New York. Hello, Meadowlands. Hello, Long Island. Next Everybody no. in the... It's all coming back to me. I fucking loved this guy. This voice was so awesome. Yeah, damn right, you better be afraid around Doc Hendricks. This guy is more stroke than Jeff Jarrett. Fox 5 viewing area. You know, you hear us say it all the time here in the World Wrestling Federation. Anything can happen. And what we just got through seeing, which transpired on Monday Night Raw, is definitely... In I need that Doc Hendricks poster in the background. All right, here's the clip from Gino. Ooh, that's for me to know and you to find <laughs> out. So you want to talk Freebird. Of course. And you want to talk Freebird history. Ladies, do you give a fuck about the Freebirds? Because I really, 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 really don't. Really don't. Is there ever been a stable that's more cringeworthy in every clip but people act like they're good? Is this is like when J John Laurinaitis would dance as the dudes or whatever he was. The funky dudes. And he did a diamond cutter. Like the <laughs> Southern wrestling sucks. When they try to get like L.A. or New York, it just looks so stupid. That's what they think we look like is the fucking, uh, what is, I don't know the team's name. What was that guy's name when he did the Ace Crusher? The, the, the bombastic dudes. So, ladies, what do you, I'm sorry. Yeah. What do you think of the Freebirds, and are they legends to you? Yes, they are. I live in Dallas. That's the only reason why. I think when I lived in California, and it was like I just knew Southern. I knew Southern California wrestling. I knew Adam Pierce, Willie Mack. I knew John Cena and Samoa Joe came from there. So it wasn't like this huge, like, oh, I, the, the Freebirds and the Von Erics. But as soon as I moved to Dallas, it became you need to know your fucking history. Like, you, oh, you're a wrestling fan? Okay, well, you better know everything about the Von Erichs and the Freebirds. Now, I don't know everything, but I have watched some of their matches at the Sportatorium. And, <laughs> dude, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of... I wouldn't say they were that bad. I wouldn't say they were... Oh, Kevin, they revolutionized wrestling. I would never say that. But as far as, like, local territories, these fucking people were hot. I mean, it was like Jungle Boy versus Christian every night. People really wanted to see the Von Erichs ill these Freebirds. And, it, and it's, it's gold dust. It's, we're going to walk around and be kind of flamboyant and kind of gay, 
and that's going to make everyone hate us for some reason. Pride Month 2021. Uh, no doubt people loved it. Like, and it's so interesting, like, what cool is to Southern people. <laughs> oh, yes. Here we go. Yes. And if you want to get in the mood. Sorry for yelling. I think you need a little wardrobe change. Oh, now we're talking. <laughs> Ladies, he just, he handed her the sunny bikini from Fully Loaded. You want me to wear this? Ah, yeah. And his hands are just part of the costume. He won't put them down. <laughs> uh, all right. All right. I'll be right back. Okay. No, I just change right here or I'll fire you. Interview. Let's free bird over. Alright. <laughs> you think Papa Bird's gonna tell anyone? Alright, well, he can't even whistle. Let's move forward a little bit, please. Now it looks like we have Bret Hart. So this was a bit. Uh, oh, we gotta know what she changed into, right? Okay, I'm sorry, Bleedies. Chewie! <laughs> Coming to uh, WrestleMania in Dallas. I didn't realize this was a two-hour video, so I skipped a little and we went like 30 minutes. So she changed into, oh my God, Bleedies, the pants. I didn't remember her getting handed them jeans. This! Come on. Hey! <laughs> Am I a pants? It's supposed to be a Bret Hart outfit, Bleedy. She's got the Bret Hart glasses, but it looks like a Charlotte leather jacket back when she wore Becky's leather jacket. And Becky wore it because Rhonda was wearing it. So she's wearing Rhonda and Becky's and Charlotte's jacket, but she's being Bret. Yeah, because it wasn't this a Freebirds thing. Is she trying to oh. be uh, one of the Freebirds? Because she's coming off a lot more Bret Hart. And suddenly <laughs> I'm looking around the corner for Bob Backlund, ready to choke her out. That's why she's wearing, pa wearing paint and play gloves. I thought that was just an Alexa Bliss plug. The Freebirds were those first. Okay. Yeah. She's being a Freebird and no one can even point it out. That's not even the eighth <laughs> thing I thought of. <laughs> Freebirdess. Yeah, yeah, not quite. Ladies, the Freebirds, didn't they just wear only denim? Did they really wear leather too? Well, I mean, the still that I have it on on my screen, she almost looks like Sasha Banks. So she could be 100 people, but none of them were P.S. Michael Hayes or any of the other Freebirds. It really is just, oh, no. Sasha Banks slash Bret Hart uh, slash Alexa Bliss is here to stay. Look at this interview setup. Three guys facing a big screen. On Raw, we got like six people facing the camera, all looking this way but talking to each other and just never looking at each other. Look at this. Just do that on here from now on. All their backs are to us at school. They're all looking at Bret Hart. Looks a little scary. Looks like a Big Brother situation. Go. We could wrestle any tank. Oh, never mind. Tyson Kidd's coming up. Let's close that down. Bleedies, that's the bump. That is like cold pizza for you kids that don't know what the bump is. Bleedies, this clip is from the great Corey. He sent this with a fat Gino, Gino's drive through donation. Finals, an extraordinary advance was made by Daniel Bryan. What does the Dazzler have today? That's right. Last round, I beat a bear. The round before that, I did magic. I've been doing different stuff every round. What's Yoshitatsu been doing? Ladies, when do you think this is from? Just from looking at this screen, this picture of of Daniel Bryan right here with the chain. When do you think this is from? Well, unfortunately, I think the no, no, no gives it away. Isn't this 2012? Like, this is after he lost the title. He was telling everybody he didn't want the yes to become a thing, so he started saying no. Started doing this, like, no, no, no. And then he started kicking bears in the balls and fighting Yoshitatsu. I don't remember him having a great feud with Yoshitatsu. 
But didn't they main event SummerSlam in the Tokyo Dome? Ladies, you were right, just not in the year you said. You know exactly when it was, but it's hard to be specific. If, you know, because you weren't on TWFS in 2012 when me and Danny Richardson got to see Daniel Bryan feud with Big Show and Mark Henry, two giants, and come out with the belt each time, chanting yes. Now the no would come two years later, Bleedies. This was 2014. Oh, okay. And it was weird. When I first saw it, it looked so oddly recent. I'm like, this is why he's released. But he's released because he left. He just didn't resign. He's been doing music. So Bray Wyatt basically ripped this off when he came up with the, uh, the Funky Man Dance or whatever it was called. Muscle Man Dance. You know what? This round, I'm going to beat him at his own game. I'm Beat Dazzle. This is my beatboxer, Curly Kane. Hit it, Curly. See, Kane's doing a beatbox. Where's the voice changer? That would actually have a cool effect. Like, my dark, twisted fantasy. Sounds like a Kanye West track. We first won the titles. It was I, but now it's we. Our friendship has grown deeper than the roots of an oak tree. Are you missing dynamite now, ladies? Don't you wish we got a dynamite to run down? Yeah, I kind of wish I would have sent you that fabulous Moolah thing and said, hey, let's just watch this tonight. We'll talk about that. We'll break it down line by line, segment by segment. So, ladies, we went to commercial, and then when we came back, we had this. Like, I was kind of hoping we would do that. I watched Hulu Raw today. I watched SmackDown. I was like, great. And then now, now here we are, Kevin. No, 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 and Kane with wearing a, a hat. This is great. Look at the recommended, ladies. Jill and starting shit again. I'll fight Jake Paul if Mike Tyson agrees to fight me. <laughs> <laughs> what a title for a video. What is it, a triple threat match or what? 16 minutes backing up that statement. I'll fight Jake Paul if Mike Tyson agrees to fight me. He's, you're getting every hot boxing name in one title right there. But still I'm underrated <laughs> and still I'm undersmarted. When I hook in in the ring, it smelled like he had farted. Did he really do the deed or was that? Uh, we're done. All right, thank you so much, uh, Gina. Oh, no, that was Corey. Thank you, Corey, you for the bla blast from the past. Uh, Bleedies, we got through double or nothing this week. Britt Baker won the title, and you didn't even bring it up yet. I guess it's because we knew it would happen, you know? When you already know who's going to win a match, it's not as exciting. You know, Fat Gino. But Britt Baker is your John Cena. You've been saying it for years of women. She finally got this title. You must have been ecstatic, even without table nachos. Yeah, you know, unfortunately, there was kind of table nachos involved in this pay-per-view because <laughs> I did have table nachos during the Clippers and Mavericks game. And then after I watched the game, I watched the pay-per-view. So I was having the lingering effects of table nachos during this event. So maybe that's why I really enjoyed it. And it was oddly, I mean, not oddly, but it just, it was predictable. I, I don't, I, I don't remember how we did our predictions, but there wasn't much that surprised us except for the Jungle Boy moment. So just having that alone... It felt like it was a really fun night. Is there anything sexier than Hikaru Shida in that weird red, uh, uh, what is the word, uh, Korean dress? She's Korean, bleedies. That Korean dress that she was wearing in her new title uh, moment on Dynamite or whatever. Friday Night Dynamite, they gave her a new belt. She came out, there it is. Oh, my God, it's already on my screen. Bleedies, we need her as champion again. You just wish she had a locker room full of... If only she could come out and sing like Maki Ito in this dress. Maybe put one leg up on the apron in this dress. This is the most beautiful champion we'll ever have. And she looked great. And I kind of like that they did this on Friday because it did almost make me switch. I was like, this kind of made... That must have been the, the thought, right? Jim Cornette was back there like, we need to make her look like she's going to win, damn it. <laughs> so just having this like new title ceremony, she looks great in that dress. It really is like a, 
hey, don't think that she is not the, the face of our women's division. Don't think that she's not going to be the champion for another year. But Motherfucker! For her, she ran into the, uh, the brick wall that is Britt Baker. When I won this title, there was no fans in here. <laughs> but Whoa. tonight, tonight, you are here! <laughs> I like that promo. Blaine, it's very simple, but it's to the point, and I completely understand what she's saying. Now, that, that Mexican doing Spanish commentary who got fired, he was doing a weird mockery of her. Jing, jap, chink, chink, jap, gook. He was saying all this shit in a weird voice. Did you hear about that? He got fired. I did. I heard the clip where I thought he just said, like, they were like, hey, you do this cheetah translation. And she was like, and he just goes like, Whoa! like he did a over-the-top Asian stereotypical sound. So, yeah, uh, that guy's gone. And that guy was in TNA. So this guy had a long career in wrestling. And, uh, <laughs> and now it's over. Congratulations, Britt Baker. I bet Dave Meltzer gave it five stars. Her yeah. dream finally came true. Fuck my boss, Tony Khan, putting it in a book. Did Dave Meltzer put it in a magazine, a newspaper? Williams would do this, uh, drape the guy over the second rope and then take Ladies, off. this is from Gino. This is the great Kofi Kingston's friend, Xavier Woods. And something's going to happen with Kofi. This seems to be a story time with Xavier. Uh, ladies, we're about to leave, but Gino sent money. So we're going to give him respect and time for this story. I know you're racist and you hate New Day and everything they stand for, but give them time. All right, here we go. Petey Williams would do this, uh, drape the guy over the second rope and then take off and then drop kick him in the back. I've always loved that move. And it popped in my head when it, uh, whenever we were doing some random tag stuff. And I was like, oh, we can, I, I can start doing this. This is pretty cool. And I realized, like, no, I love Petey Williams' moveset. So it's funny that we're talking about this because I just think, like, man, he would do so much stuff that I cannot do. But I love this one thing. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm going to yeah. do this to, to Yeah, Petey Williams is another fucking shithead that we've been dealing with for a long time. Another name that gets thrown around too much. Guy that's killing the business. Ladies, Canadian Destroyer fucking sucks, okay? It was really good when he was doing it in 2004, but then I remember what kind of ruined it was he was it was a tag match actually it was I think it was uh, America's Most Wanted and Team Canada, and Petey goes to hook up James Storm for the Canadian Destroyer, and I'm like, there's no fucking way James Storm is about to do a backflip and land on his head. Like I don't know James Storm personally back in 0405, but I know this motherfucker is incapable of doing a backflip and landing on his head. So, yeah, James Storm countered it, won the match. I was like, okay, cool, the adults are in the room. But I do love Petey Williams. And I, like, pay homage because he's, like, one of the, yeah. my favorite people I've ever wrestled. Did he get to wrestle the Steiner version? And that was what I was going to say, too, is, like, that's what I look at it as. It's kind of, like, paying homage to, like, a cool Man, movie. it's so easy to get a name in wrestling. Well, did you watch the Cactus Jack biography yet? He was Cactus Jack Manson. And Dave Meltzer called him as good as any other independent wrestler. The guy had like three matches and sucked. Like you, you just have to show up and look funny, and you're gonna get in the observer, Valides. I do want to. I haven't watched any of these Annie biographies yet. I hear they're good because they aren't necessarily like we've all seen Heartbreak and Triumph, the Shawn Michaels story, <laughs> and apparently A and E looked at it a different way and covered his career in a different way. So I want to check it out because it almost seems like all of these wrestlers now are gonna have a WWE documentary. An A&E documentary, a dark side of the ring, and an icons. 
Ladies, make sure you go to AETV.com and log in with Tyler's Xfinity login. You're going to be able to watch every... I looked at you to see if you laughed. You didn't. You're going to get to watch every single... I want to watch that back. I really looked hoping you were laughing. I, I usually know when it's going to happen. It's when you get jealous over my new best friend, Tyla. So, ladies, when you log into this website with our login, you're going to watch them all. The Warrior one, Foley, Shawn Michaels. These are all awesome. And, yes, you're probably going to know the stories, but you'll see pictures you haven't seen before. Video, personal video you haven't seen before. Pick <laughs> what? Pick. There's a lot of personal footage from their life that is brought into the uh, the documentaries that I never got to see. So Mick Foley's also is important, even if he's exposed himself as a liberal piece of shit who thinks all white people are Nazis. Like he's just a retard, and that's from falling on your head your whole life. Um, now these we found out he's just a, like a more retarded version of his fat kid Dewey. Like you can still appreciate his story and his career, and he's one of the most important wrestlers ever but of the 90s and i remember when i started twfs in 2011 there was a lot of like catching up that had to be done and i was shocked to see foley not like in the category of like the top of the attitude era people thought triple h mattered more and stuff so there was a lot of like coming of age i had to uh, as a new fan i had to go through in the last decade and mick foley being disrespected is one of those now he would dress up as santa claus too much and i would hate him and his Twitter would exist, and I would hate him. But still, Cactus Jack, Dude Love, these are some of the great characters, ladies. Yeah, well, and even, you know, when he retired, there was this, this, we missed Mick Foley. And, you know, a lot of guys, it seemed like when the Attitude Era ended, it really was like we lost Austin, we lost Mick, we lost Rock, like real quick. And it, it really made you realize how great these guys were. Because Big Show and Triple H hung around, but we were missing kind of that those key ingredients. So whenever Mick says he was just kind of a, a secondary character it is kind of odd that he thinks of himself that way because he was in the middle of a lot of that i mean he was on the cover of tv guides and shit too like people love that mankind you know the mask very recognizable and it was it was fun to talk about because he didn't look like a jacked up he didn't look like kid romeo or whatever his name was from wcw everybody was jacked and oiled up Mick Foley never touched baby oil in his life. This company will convince you you didn't matter. They did it to Shawn Michaels. Now he works for Triple H. He thinks Triple H is the GOAT. You missed that DVD where you were number one, Shawn Michaels. You should know. They convinced Shawn Michaels he broke his own back. No, the Undertaker would never do that. You landed on the yeah. casket. What the fuck? Oh, and then they convinced him he was a piece of shit while he held that company you know, fat together. Gino. Imagine WWF without Shawn Michaels in 95, 96, if you can. He is the whole company. They convinced him he's a piece of shit somehow. And he had to find, oh, now he's different. He's not that guy. I wish he was that guy. We could use that guy back, the greatest of all time. So, ladies, that's what happens. Mick Foley, he's just Santa now. He's just some fat shit. He didn't matter like The Rock or Austin. He just beat them. <laughs> he doesn't matter yeah. like them. He just won belts from them. I was there. I was in the room. <sighs> so, ladies, watch those biographies. And let's watch the rest of Gino's Kofi Kingston story before we go man like so, some things are so cool that like if you can you know if you can do it if you're like, rick flair triple h will build you up if you're anyone else you're not rick flair to him like it's just a tribute to the person who did it it's not like i go out and i'll say you know i'll, I'll always kind of give credit to the person who did it at one point or another whether it be on twitter or whatever um but even um the sos that i do um i got from uh madoka who wrestles in japan and he called it the run high oh my God. And that's what, you know, he hooked and he'll do the yeah, front flip, the, person, the back flip, and they ended up in the pin. And when I saw Stupid. it, I was like, oh, snap, at the time I was saying. Oh. Yeah, that move was his finisher when the worst Intercontinental Champion of all time was champion him, ladies. Remember that? I do remember that era of him just because 
the Trouble in Paradise is a kick finisher, so it was cool that he added this other move. And I remember on some of the video games, it was like, he never does this. <laughs> but when you see it now, it's that signature move he's not going to win with, but at least he still does it. He beat Miz with it, Bleedies. Trouble in Paradise is what I'm talking That's the good one. Not that other stupid move. Oh, snap, a lot. <laughs> so, and then, you know, SOS uh, being being part of, like, the theme song that I was rocking at the time. Remember that, Bleedies? SOS, where, where are you, Danny? I do remember the SOS. I remember being a great song, and it fit his character and how bubbly he was and happy, and he was fake Jamaican. So there was a lot of positives and a lot of good reasons for him to have that song. I'm pretty sure I fucking have that file somewhere. Okay, hold on. Um, I called yeah, it simply it Oh Snap Alicious, which a lot of people don't know. So I had no idea. Yeah, I didn't know it stood for anything. Simply, simply Oh So Snap Alicious. Simply Oh Snap Alicious. Why? Synergy, synergy with the SOS and, and oh, wow. the theme song and, and whatnot. Yeah. But yeah, man, it's just, you know. Bleedies, when someone else comes up with your entire entrance and character, you got to try to inject anything of yours into it, huh? So I guess he's really reaching there, isn't he? Hey, hey uh, they, they told me to have SOS as part of my song, so I named the move the SOS. I was from Jamaica, so I had trouble in paradise. So many things, so many of these things, you know, Not that I, that were my idea. This guy's career is a joke. This guy is a mockery. You kids don't even know about 98 and you think Kofi's good. When, when moves look like really, really cool, I, I don't know. I don't necessarily, cause I don't mind if people take stuff from me. And Yeah, you like to tell stories. Okay. So, Bleedies, I am back Friday after SmackDown with SmackDown's third hour. And, Bleedies, you're live every Wednesday with me. So, I'm live Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Monday and Friday with Tyler Spida. Wednesday with Bleedies. If there's a wrestling show, Bleedies, we're going to be after it, or I'm, one combination of us will be live on uh, Trovo. Or if you want to remember, it's TonyConKilledBrodyLee.com, Bleedies. Sonic underscore Gino says there is one more video left. All right, let's give it five seconds because you annoyed me. Okay, chop. Good video. I actually want to watch this one, though, because it is Renee. Bleedies, who's Ron Funches again? I fucking, wasn't he? Uh, you mean Devin Funches. He played football at Michigan. And then he played for the Panthers. That's what you're talking about. I think this is a comedian. I feel like I've heard this name and he has a podcast. Gino, didn't you send me a Ron Funches podcast clip? Hold okay, on. Chalk 420. Mm -hmm. This is a brilliant concept for a show. You must have, that must have been the most fun show to work on, was it? <laughs> yes. I it mean, really was. Come on. How it up do you guys get when you're shooting? Pretty up bro <laughs> to be honest with you it's a great time for people who don't know what oh it is. so he's kind of retarded i remember this guy it is the traditional chop show most people should know appetizer entree dessert mystery ingredients and now we got a cannabis and fun times with me and it's just a blast it's the first time how about he picks up his house it looks like dave Meltzer's office in there don't stream till you pick up your floor. I had to sign a contract that said that you uh, must smoke weed on camera. It's usually... <laughs> no, he's fine. He's a good man, Bleedies. He, that was a kid's toy on his couch. It wasn't even a mess. He's a father, Bleedies. You know how it is. And what a great clip. So glad you and I got to witness Ron Funches on the, on the Renee show. Gino, you probably should have tried that another time. Not, th not three minutes after we were going to leave. Yeah. Thank you, so, thank you so much. Uh, I will be back Friday night after SmackDown. Bleedies, I have a companion for Double or Nothing. 
You'll get to hear when Sammy got handcuffed and I said, he's about to go win. He's going to win at the end. It is on subscribestar.com slash TWFS, bleedies. There's over like 400-something posts on there. One post is a link to another couple hundred things. Fourth hour podcast and third hour from 2016, 17, and 18. All free in a pin post. No subscribe needed. Bleedies, wrestling's top five of all time is free in a pin post. Some essentials are up there that you need, you know. Like music. Ayako songs, JT's music is in there. That needs updating. Bleedies, these streams I do, like this one, and every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, they get compressed and uploaded for download on Subscribestar. That's in a pinned post. Also, Bleedies, the only reason anyone would want to sign up on there is the one I always say last. And that's the TWFS YouTube videos. They were taken from us, but they're on Subscribestar. Yeah, so whenever you're wondering, like, hey, what happened to TWFS? Whenever you're one of the millions that have Googled that, uh, remember, they're all available still on Subscribestar.com slash TWFS. I don't know why we have to keep bashing that over people's heads, but it's true. Tell two friends uh, to tell two friends. Sorry, I forgot that song existed. Ayako, we need more music while you're pregnant. Pregnant Ayako is an artist, Bleedies. After she gives birth and her hormones regulate, she can't write anymore. She'll go back to her old retarded self. These Japanese people aren't creative. They're very militaristic. So we need to capture all your emotions on paper while we can, Ayako. Write songs. All right, Bleedies, I'm back Friday. You're not live tomorrow. And it, Oh, we're about to go to Tyler's Twitch. That's the last thing. I'm bringing up Tyler's Twitch. He, I hope he's streaming. He's going through heartbreak and love at the same time. He just met a woman who jerked off in front of him. And this hasn't happened in a while. And he's a, des he's a desperate, lonely Gemini, Bleedy. So let's see if he can overcome his emotional, you know, two days and go live tonight. What do you think? I think he can make it happen. I think Tyler Spider, you know, we all go through these, these moments in our lives. They just make us stronger. So... Keep the vibrator warmed up, Tyler. She's not going anywhere. <laughs> she's not going to leave you, Tyler. But that's the problem is she's not doing anything wrong. She can just act completely normal. He is going to be in a bad mindset. Well, that will only get worse. None of it's her fault, and it's all your fault, Tyler. And it's, you need to grow as a person. You're finding validation in a girl you met in a video game and never met. And you desperately cling to it because without it, what do you have? You. You. It's all in you. You don't need some fucking avatar online. To, to make you feel like you're something. It's so pathetic. All right, so, ladies, I'm back Friday. And until the day we beep. We are, we are, we are. We're the whole fucking show. You see, I'm trapped in my mind. Oh, I'm going to be. Oh, I don't think I'll ever go. Sorry, Tyler. He's young. You got to remember, he's only 22 or 23. So I don't know. So it's completely normal, Tyler, but it's so pathetic. You're going to grow. And growing means getting stronger. Mentally. Like this. See? See how strong I am?
jealous of the girl. That's all it is. Thank you so much, B2Con. Have grit. Thank you, OGJFC. Have grit, Rezzy. Have grit, Chris Cross. Corey cast a flex spell. Thank you, Corey. Some mean person on Twitter tweeted on Ayako that she's a G-word. Stay safe, Jake. And I read that. And I'm like, is that what I keep saying? Is that what I look like when I say it? This was a changing moment for me. And it might be because they used three O's. Have grit, Jake. Thank you so much. You see, I'm trapped in my mind. Nathan. What? Nathan sent a cash bag. Did I know that, Nathan? When you think of the world, I know it's crazy. Thank you, Nathan. Okay. Thank you, Quiggly. I five city. Another week is gone. We've done it. We're over a year of Tan WFS now. It launched on my birthday, I think, last year. Bleedies, we did it. Tan WFS is still here. Thank you, Bleedies. We miss you on Tuesday and Thursday. But thank you for doing a Porta cast for me on tonight. We made it work. Thank you, Kevin. You enjoy the rest of your week. We'll see you Friday. You're the best in the world. Enjoy your night. He is, he is seriously the best broadcaster I've ever heard. I have my heroes, and, I, and they might make me laugh a lot, but Bleedies has all the tangibles. Kevin, I'm sure you can beat up most of that locker room. People aren't built tough anymore. They aren't built to grind. They're built weak, soft. They're used to second-place trophies. I'll tell you a story, Booker. I, I fought in a tournament, and I took fourth place. On the way home from that tournament, I had a trophy in my hand, and my dad said, hey, let me see that trophy. And he threw it out the window while we were on the highway home. I don't accept fourth place, third place, second place. I was built to be tough. I was built to last. And I was built to get things done by any means necessary. Cruz also grew up watching John Cena, as you can tell from how thickly muscled he is. Bye. See you, Bill. Bye, Bye. See, you See you Sunday. Bell. See you Sunday, <laughs> Poor Braun Strowman. Tyler, I don't hear anything. Tyler, where are you? Tyler, I just see things. Tyler, I don't hear anything. All right, Tyler Spida is live on twitch.tv slash Tyler Spida. He's heartbroken. He needs us tonight. He's, he, I don't even know if he can play that game he met the girl on. What was it called? First Class Trouble. It's an Among Us ripoff. That's better because it looks like human beings are in the game. Not stupid little avatars. I'm going to hit refresh, Tyler. I don't hear any songs. Is it my fault? It was. Of course it was. I am the biggest idiot on the face of the planet. <laughs> I didn't have desktop audio set up right. Thank you guys so much for stopping by. Thank you, Kevin, so much for the raid tonight. Oh. We're going through it. We're smoking weed. We need to smoke weed. We got to get through this for sure. And get high might be the answer. I haven't smoked at all today. I really do feel for him because it is the worst feeling. But he knows it's ridiculous. But he, it's not logical. Like, you can't control being a Gemini. <laughs> all right. Thank you so much for spending your Friday night with us. And I will be joining Tyler on his stream as soon as I figure out food.
and I'll see you Monday. JT, what's up, man? Kevin, thank you again so much for the raid, bro.